Ladies and gentlemen, hello and welcome to episode 425 of Weekly Games Chat. This just so happens to be the world's greatest video game podcast there is. So lucky you for finding us or joining us again. Hello to everyone who uh, who this is not your first time. What? Uh, ladies and gentlemen, if you want to watch this episode be recording, this is the point where I tell you that we do stream this live on Twitch.tv. All you got to do is search for Weekly Games Chat. Who is we? Well, I'm Sean. It's very nice to... Uh, what do you say to someone in a podcast? How do you how do you greet them? I don't know, but I can look to my friends John and Chris and welcome them to the show and greet them. Uh, and as I always do, I'll say hey to to John first. How you doing, bud? Doing good. <laughs> yeah, you are. How are you doing? You gotta you gotta you know you just you just bring it you know. Every week, every week, I even ten out of ten when the when the show was canceled, I still show up. Nobody else does, but I'm just, here. Crickets. Two weeks in a row, same joke. It's fine. Hey, that's what we do. No, no, no. Four times. <laughs> that joke is gold. Whoa. Uh, also, we have a very sick intern in this week. It's sick Chris. Uh, how you doing, bud? I still showed up. I don't know what that... Oh, that's a... Oh, <laughs> We know what that means. We know exactly oh, what that means. Cal Ripken oh. grabs his bat oh. every day, and he finds oh. a way. Oh. <laughs> of course, the Cal Ripken, uh, the joke is because Chris likes the Orioles. Ostros I mean, look, stuff. man, look, which, man, which I will say showing up, showing up is more important to mm-hmm. Chris than showing up. The, then <laughs> speaking of Cal Ripken, True. Uh, it was really nice to see him announce that Gunnar Henderson won rookie of the year yesterday. So that was a nice little no clue what you just said. Got to be yeah. honest, because the Orioles were irrelevant this year in baseball. No, we were not. We were they a super great team. Quickly exited the playoffs. A hundred games. <laughs> uh, but let's let's be let's let as we talk, ladies and gentlemen. This is the intro, and we will say some stuff, usually not video game related, because we save that for the meat of the show. You know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I want to start it off this week and just congratulate the University of Georgia Bulldogs football team, and of course the University of Alabama football team. Who it is? It is set. The uh, SEC college, uh, SEC championship college football is going to happen, and both schools uh, went ahead and locked it up with a couple of weeks to go. So that's cool. Uh, of course, Georgia, the two-time defending national champion, um, really starting to look really, really good. Uh, mm-hmm. And I say that now. I'm not being funny. It was like they were getting a lot of flack for you know starting slow in the first half and not being a blowout team or, you know, blowing out teams like they should. Uh, they look legit. If you ask me, they passed definitely the old eye test. And of course, Alabama uh, started off on the old struggle bus, came out with an L against Texas, looked like hot garbage against South Florida. Uh, but since then it's like, uh, it just look they look good when they're on. I think they can obviously hang. And this is me somewhat being a homer and also not, they can hang with any team in the country when they're when they when they're hitting on all cylinders. Uh, so it, the stage is set for a wild, not only SEC championship game, but a wild ending to college football because no one wants to lose and no one is probably going to lose. So who knows what's going to happen? Uh, I now open the floor up to either one of you for thoughts. And I know John, Thank- we can we can be pros and tie your thoughts into your intro. So if you want to go second, that would make a lot of sense. Uh, but Chris, what, what do you got to say? Speaking of like this, someone brought this scenario up, okay? 
Alabama wins out, beats Georgia. Okay, so that's one. Texas wins out, wins the Big 12. Oregon wins out and beats Washington (laughs) and wins the Pac-12 championship. Florida State wins out, and then Ohio State wins out, right? Or Michigan. Take your pick of either of those. Five conference champions, mm-hmm. two undefeated, three with loss. Yeah. Who are you Have going fun. to leave? Who are you leaving on the sideline? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Come, the committee's job uh, you know, is, yeah. is not supposed – the committee's job when it comes over that is supposed to pick the, quote, best teams, right? Yeah. And and there's all kind of factors if you if you know who's on that committee. I mean, it's like generals of armies. It's it's crazy. Ex-coaches, all kind of folks like to get different perspectives. So, uh I I I look at you to make the right choice and it is what it is. Um, the the have, debate have is the debate is is that it would be Florida State who would get screwed even though they're undefeated because the ACC is considered so much weaker than everyone else. Yeah, it's it's really uh, weird. But who knows? It's, it's weird. Hey, and this is going to be one of, again, well, I, th- I predict that what will happen is it will clear itself out somewhat. Hopefully. But also it's going to open up that debate once again to why the playoff field needs to be expanded Yeah, and this, that, and the other. So have fun. And if you're a fan of college football, uh, you may or may not be if you listen to this podcast because this is supposed to be about video games. But we found that a lot of you are, so... Thank you for listening to that. And now uh, let's let's see what John has to say about what I just said. Then also he's going to talk about sly dogs, ladies and gentlemen. Oh. Well, Sean. I mean, the numbers, the numbers suggest that this is that this is George's to lose. Yes. But uh, but with the with this type of year, I mean, I, I don't. I don't know what what's going to happen. I mean, I think there's no question that that Alabama is a more physical team by far. They're just a they're just a more they're just a more physical team. But Carson Beck has just been on fire for the past few weeks, and he's the he's the quarterback that no one thought he would be at the beginning of the season. Yeah, that's for sure. I mean, it's it's interesting watching Georgia because I was one of the people that I mean, it's obviously true, and it's observation everybody made. It's just one of those things that happens. No one can just make it not happen. But, you know, at the beginning of the season, everybody observed that Georgia had a weak schedule. But what's interesting about that, what that has turned into is the past few weeks, Georgia ending up playing teams that at the beginning of the season, nobody expected to be in the top 10. Um, One impressive stat in the Georgia Ole Miss game, which I thought would be a closer game because I thought that Ole Miss's offense would be a real threat to Georgia. Um, initially it seemed like that was the case, but it, it took about 20 minutes. I might be getting the timing a little bit off, but it took about 20 minutes for Ole Miss to get Georgia to a third down. I mean, if you just think about that, that is crazy to me. Yeah. The reason I'm not saying, ah, Georgia's got this with Alabama is because frankly, they just haven't been incredibly consistent throughout the season. They, 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 they figure out how to win. And that's yeah. all I can. They, that's all I that's can. That's what say. matters. Yeah. yeah, that matters. Uh, believe it or not, and the culture now that you hear that word and you're like, "What does that mean?" Well, if you if you're in this world and you watch things like College Game Day, you see four former players come back. And this week, Georgia had a couple come back, and they now have this culture of of winning, and they're winning with like great people, like good, good like they turn out to be outstanding young men 
who care about teamwork and family and stuff like that. And all of that translates to a winning program and, and the, what's going to hurt Georgia. And I'm, I, I'm not being that guy. I was, I've been on the other side of this. And right now I think Georgia has a 26 game win streak. Guess who they're tied with Alabama. Yeah. Guess what happens eventually <laughs> you lose and it hurts and it sucks so bad. Uh, but here's what I'm going to say to everybody that's a Georgia fan. If you lose to Alabama, Remember the last time you lost to Alabama in the SEC championship? <laughs> Everything worked out okay. Okay? <laughs> it's fine. Uh, you ended up winning a natty. So let's just hold on for what this is going to be. But, John, you had a two-parter, uh, Sly and Dogs. I want to know more, and I think the people do too. You're the people's champ, by the way. Well, I uh, – I... <laughs> I found out I, I didn't I didn't know it, it wasn't even on my radar that um, Stallone had a documentary on Netflix right now. Um, and this goes to the competition between Arnold and 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 Sly. Hmm. I was kind of expecting sort of a limited series documentary style because you know Schwarzenegger had a three part documentary that covered his weightlifting, then his acting. And then his career in politics. So it was like a three-parter. And so it was like, you know, Netflix goes to Sly and goes, hey, we're going to do a documentary for you too. But it's just one part. And it, you know, it, it's, I've, I've, I'm pretty much a, a walking, talking encyclopedia about Sylvester Stallone and particularly about Rocky and Rambo. I mean, I could give you stuff that most people, get her out of the frame. I'm talking here. <laughs> but mostly like, interesting stuff um if you're interested in in like learning a little bit more about why rocky was the best movie of 1976 i mean no competition just blew everything away debatable um but is it but it's a very interesting documentary for those of for those people who don't know about stallone how he grew up, who he was, the fact that that speech impediment or that funny talk that he has has everything to do with the fact that he, when he was born, the doctor severed some nerves in his face when they were delivering him. So it's, you know, it's like, it's a great punchline. He's got a great sense of humor about it, obviously, but it's something that, you know, we can't help. I mean, the guy grew up in hell's kitchen back when hell's kitchen was hell's kitchen. I Gordon mean, Ramsay. It was a pretty, yeah, that place. <laughs> that raw, place. Sly, raw. Sly, Sly, I ate this. I ate it. Terrible. Oh, that's funny. Hold on a second. Where are you going? There's like so many things going on right now. There's no, this guy, yeah. This guy looks good. Come here. Come here, Aiden. Spin for daddy. Don't say that. Look at him. Where are you going? <laughs> he's a, he's a frat boy now. Oh wow! Wait, he's in college. Be good boy. Is he in college? I love you. Really hope he's not a Kappa Sig. Is he in no. college? Yes, he is. When did that happen? You know, I have a brother. What? <laughs> <laughs> but um, you know, it it kind of talks about it, it. It primarily focuses on the Rocky Rambo dynamic of of his career, but it's got a few things. But it touches on a few other things. It touches on. I mean, Arnold's Arnold's one of the people on the documentary as a as someone who opines. They talk about. I mean, I don't know if you've ever heard this story, Chris. Um, how uh, Schwarzenegger conned Stallone into doing "Stop or My Mom Will Shoot." 
by he, he kept because he kept saying <clears throat> he kept he kept putting himself out there as interested when he never was interested. It was a part that he never, you know, and, and so his Stallone's agent said, um, you know, you got to do this movie stop or my mom will shoot um, or Arnold's going to do it. And Sly's like, are you sure? I don't I I can't picture somebody, uh, you know, a, a cop with a German accent or something like that. He goes, no, no, no. If you don't do stop or my mom will shoot, he's in. He's in. And Stallone's like, oh, oh, oh okay, I'll do it. <laughs> and so he just, it's like the worst movie of his career, of a long career of, you know, not so great movies, but. Driven, um, but it, but it's a but it's a, but it's a very interesting documentary. Um, I recommend it to anybody who is a fan or wants to know a little bit more about the guy. You can walk away feeling I have deep respect for the man for a lot of for for just the things he was able to accomplish. Um, the funny looking, funny talking guy who was never going to be a leading man, and the risk he took. I mean, imagine somebody having the opportunity to be offered $500,000 for a script and you go, you know what? No, this is the only shot I got at becoming a leading man or become, or having a, a relatively good career in Hollywood. And instead of taking $500,000 back in 1975, I'm going to risk it all and go, no, I want to, I want to be in the movie. I mean, it's just what, I mean, it's the kind of thing that never happens anymore. The last time something like this, even remotely happened in Hollywood was maybe Matt Damon and Ben Affleck, maybe, but they had, you know, they had relatively good careers, but anyway, um, like apples. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. And, uh, really enjoyed, really enjoyed the documentary. Um, nice. I just sort of a trip down memory lane, but it's got a lot of good stuff in it. So does he talk Very about nice. cop land? He does. Um, you know, That'd be he, interesting. he actually there's in the the interesting scene where he goes in <clears throat> to De Niro's office and said, "Hey, you know, uh, you remember you told me if I wanted to be, you know, you know, you said I would do if I could if I would do this, we'd get something done." And and De Niro was just sort of saying the lines, you know, what was on the page, and Stallone felt like he wasn't getting enough out of De Niro in that scene. Do you know what scene I'm talking about, Chris, where he goes into this, his office and he's trying yeah. to convince him? He goes, I'm ready to do this now. And he got, he start. he just kept talking and talking and, 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 uh, improving it. And he put, he pushed De Niro to stand up and say that line he, that basically said, look, you dumb F I gave you an opportunity to be a cop and you blew it. I mean, that wasn't in the script. Mm-hmm. He pushed De Niro to, to, to give him that, 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 that amount of energy. Um, but that was, uh, what's the director of that movie. Barry um, Levinson? No, he went on to do 310 to Yuma, that guy. Oh, okay. The urban western direct. He, he does yeah. urban westerns and, and westerns. James Mangold. Yeah. Went on nice. to do went on to do Logan. I think that was Mangold who did that movie. Did James Mangold. The Wolverine. Did he do both? Well, he I did them both. Well, he, he might have done both, yeah. Yeah. But anyway. Anyway. Question. Really solid. Yeah, question. How is your screen name in every video game thing you create not Rocky Rambo? I don't know. It's amazing. That's a great name, Rocky mm-hmm. Rambo. Like, you don't mess with Rocky Rambo. Sly 80. That's terrible. It's terrible. terrible. I almost said you're, F you. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been great if once again during the intro we got Chris to have to bleep something out. Make him uh, work for it. 
<sighs> Speaking of Buddy not working, he, you know, he's been under the weather. Uh, so he was able to catch a movie. Uh, a, we're going to tie this in the video games. It was called uh, Dumb Money. So, Chris. Yeah, yeah it's uh, Dumb Money is the, uh, I guess, the Hollywood take on the whole entire wonderful GameStop stonks fiasco from 2021. Uh, kind of highlighting the major players, right, from, uh, what was his name, Roaring, Kit, Roaring Kitty, right, which was the dude from Wall Street Bets that kind of fueled the whole entire gang, everyone to buy in and diamond hands and staying in versus the other guys on the table, which is primarily Seth Rogen, but then later on uh, Nick Offerman comes in there uh, and um, dude who plays Kingpin, um, <laughs> uh, what you call it? D'Onofrio. Um, yeah, Vincent D'Onofrio. And also Sebastian Stan is in there as the uh, dude who's over Robin Hood. And it kind of, you know, I won't say it's not like on the level of the big short as far as like kind of showing everything and, and it coming with it. It really does try to lean into the whole entire, you know, this is a bunch of people that are clowns or like, you know, that they are, you could see why the the high society of of wall street would look down on them. Like they don't shy away from the memes and just the lingo that goes on in that world. But at the same time, it does try to like harp on the fact of like their idea was sound, right? Which was like, Hey, stock market shorters get greedy. They go and they bet that these companies are failed. They typically usually is what causes them to go out of business, right? Because of all the shorts and everything. And they make a ton of money. And it's like this guy just kind of just said he believed in the stock and started a movement from it and got a lot of normal people who have been pissed off at Wall Street to kind of buy in and more so stay to the idea through thick and thin. But, of course, it also shows the other side of it, which is when you have something that really is kind of like the equivalent of a meteorocratic uh, rise. I'm sorry, I'm saying that wrong, but like, you know, to the top, it usually has a fire sale and a crash at some point. And to some extent that definitely happened. Right. But as we all know, GameStop is still around right now and actually still trades. <laughs> okay. Compared to where it was at that point in its life. Uh, so it is something interesting. And I mean, is a good account of, you know, how the market as far as wall street had to adjust after the fact. Um, and of course, you know, kind of highlighting that for the most part, the bigger players, while some definitely were bigger losers for the most part, wall street survives and, and figures out a way to live another day because that's what wall street does. Uh, but you know, it's just a, it's an interesting take on the whole entire scenario. It's, it's not too long of a movie. um, decent cast as far as that and it, it, like i said it, it kind of keeps the tone for each of its players in the right place where you would expect them to act how they want like pete davidson's in there as a uh, uh roaring kitty's brother and he's very aptly cast in that role is kind of like the deadbeat brother who kind of jumps in on it you know with him as yeah as how, you, as how you much how much was your ticket <laughs> uh it was uh 1899 it was a rental okay cool Speaking of ticket, uh, Punkhead also chimes in mm -hmm. and says it was a fun watch for sure, especially since we got to watch it. You know, like he meant like us. We were alive when this happened. Watch it in the distance. And they stuck it to the man. 
Uh, as you were talking about pacing, Punkhead also said pacing was decent. Didn't feel like there was a lull. No. Uh, to anyone wondering where I'm getting this information from, you know, sometimes we do read from the Twitch chat that's live. And I mentioned how you can watch us uh, earlier. But yeah, uh, I also want to get that 1899 ticket, bro. <laughs> Need to make that happen. You know what I'm saying? Uh, ladies mm. and gentlemen, I'm, I'm going to say this here. Uh, there will be a point where I'm going to step away. Uh, hopefully I can be back. But, you know, if I can't, uh, I'll, I'll address it then. But hopefully we have a good rest of the show even without me. But our Tinley... If John said, get her out of the screen a minute ago, she was coming to tell me bye because she's getting inducted into the beta club. I don't even know what that means. <laughs> John's it's, like, oh, uh, it's, it's, it's a, he, she's an A student. So yeah. She's I, in, yeah. No, I gotta, let's tear it down. I'm the, I'm, I'm, I'm Sean, the guy who plays Sean on the podcast, fifth wall here. Mm-hmm. Uh, I knew what that was, but I had to play dumb for a minute because that's what I do. But okay, I'm back. So the question I asked at work today was this: How are we already inducting into beta? It's been like one semester or six weeks, whatever they call them in high school. Are we jumping the gun a little bit? Is she in high school? Junior high school. Sorry. Regardless, it's been the first six or nine weeks. They have to already establish who's the best of the best, Sean. Top dogs. Yes. Gotta kick nice. everyone else down. Well, I, I, I have the attire on that I wore to work today. I got a hoodie and a t-shirt and stuff. And I'm like, do I got to get dressed up for this? Because she was kind of like spiffy. You're just the dumb parent in the back. I'm right. But I, I'm going to have to take a picture of her with whatever she gets, like as far as like an induction, something, me and my stupid hoodie. Uh, so, yeah. But uh, this is about the time where normally the jingle should be ready, but my producer doesn't have it ready for what we've been playing this week. Burp, uh, <laughs> do I just have to compose Ooh. it now? <laughs> no, not you. It's not you. It's it's a guy that you know yeah. who he is. Yeah, I know who it is. Um, you know what the deal? Uh, it's making my head hurt. But who wants to go first? Who wants to talk about what they've been playing? You should go first, thing as you've got about twenty minutes. True. <laughs> uh, so of course it it, it uh I've, I still have been playing Super Mario Wonder. Um, this is my reminder to you guys that we uh, did put out there that there is a chance to win one of the Mario shirts that's tied into Mario Wonder. I'm going to let that run for just a little bit more, but all you got to do is show that you bought the game. And uh, what people have been doing is they snap a picture of the physical game or a screenshot, you know, that they have it, that they're playing or whatever. It's, it's, we have detectives that know if the picture's fake or not. Okay. Did I, did I win? <laughs> You're... You did not win yet because no one's won yet, but we do have entries and keep them coming. Uh, I'll put out on one of our, either on Twitter or in our Discord chat when we're going to end that because that's got to be soon. Um, But It was cool. I don't know if you could see it over here on my chair today. I went to GameStop at lunch and I think you got this little picture as a pre-order bonus and he had a stack of them. And I was like, can I have that? And he was like, I don't care. Let me bring it in camera. But I've been playing Mario Wonder because it's awesome. Oh, my God, there's something on the back. I just <laughs> saw that. But this is what I got for free. It's like a little poster. I think I'm going to put it in my cube at work. And that's the back. Ooh, I like the back even And I've got a – you know, we've already talked about this before, but the game is – I seriously think it's it's the best game since Mario World to me as far as a 2D Mario. I, it's so fun. It's And it amazes me 
the further you go into it, how they continue to to bring new stuff into the game to make it challenging yet fun, which is what we love about a Mario game. So uh, I'm probably not going to be here for the news and you'll, they'll read to you how the success mm-hmm. is on that. And there is no wonder ah. uh, why <laughs> the game is doing what it's done. But a surprise here to John, I think. Chris is aware of this and maybe you, the listener, I'm not usually a turn-based RPG fan at all. Generally, I despise them. Mm-hmm. Something's happened. <laughs> There's something happening here. Yeah. Hey, Buffalo Springs. Your boy is playing a game on Xbox through Game Pass, and the game is called Sea of Stars. Mm. This game. I don't know if my age has now made me appreciate what a good turn-based RPG experience can be mm-hmm. or what. Do it to him. Do it I to can't him. stop thinking about this game mm-hmm. to the point where I put everything else down. And Poor that's Miles. all I want to do. Poor Miles. I, I wanted to find a way to cloud game this game at work today because that's how bad I want to keep going. Uh, it The... Everything about the game from the story, it's a very easy to follow story. You know, it's got those amazing uh, sprite based, you know, 16 bit graphic, but it does the thing like Octopath Traveler does where, yeah, it's not a, it's not, it's not, it's not like our, our, our year, like back when we play sprite games, that's not how this works anymore. Mm-hmm. It's, it's hard at times. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> that noise was John spitting his drink out. Sean, uh, what this, we told the, you about choking John? <laughs> <laughs> the music in this game adds a, another <laughs> element <laughs> to uh, uh, um, <laughs> adds an element to it. Uh, the the characters are so I don't know. I just like them. I, I like the dialogue. I like the old school like. You have to read the dialogue as it goes, you know, across or whatever. Uh, I, I I had a friend today say, you know, it would be cool if when they do these old RPG games like this with that art style, if we could just get a voiceover for the for the the lyrics on the screen or the, or the text. Yeah, I see where he's coming from. I reminded him that 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 costs money, and a lot of times that's yeah. like over the budget they're willing to pay or whatever. And this is that, a, think about how cool that would be if. You know, there was some voice to it because, look, they they add they add so many textures and things, lighting. And I don't know how to explain it. If you've played this game or games like it, you know what I'm talking about. Um, So good, though. So good. Our friend of the show that we talk about a lot, uh, Platinum Trophy Mike, uh, I think he platinum this game or played it. He, he's got good things to say about it. Our friend, uh, our resident WoW World of Warcraft guru Josh, he likes this game. He's played it, and yeah. uh, we got a lot of friends who like it. It's listen, John. I know that you you at one point found a new genre game uh, of game that you used to not play during your time on Weekly Games Chat, right? I think I'm going to have to actually try traditional turn based RPGs. The the excitement when a fight happens. Mm-hmm. And you're having to like divvy out like who goes when and what do we do and indicators over 
like the <gasps> the boss or the the folks that have like a shield on them. So you got to make sure you put the right element on them to get that shield down to fight them. All of that's going on, and I'm like, this is fun. Like this is fun. Like yo, like let's go. But yeah, if you haven't played it and you have an Xbox, it is uh it is available on Game Pass, and of course it's available on all the platforms uh and what have you. It, right now, I looked at. I looked at what it what it's kind of doing on Steam, for example. It, it you know, and it, it kind of sucks that, of course, I pick a RPG that's good. I didn't get like a crappy one and say, "Well, I like RPG, turn based RPGs." Uh, but the reviews on Steam are very positive. I mean, you know, it's not overwhelmingly positive like we would like to see, but very positive, still good. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I can't wait to update you on like when I finish it. Uh, unfortunately, I can't say that I'm going to platinum it. Because I am playing it on Xbox, and you can only 100% a game. It doesn't have the same ring, you know. But, uh, oh, and I just saw in chat that Mike, he has 55 plats now, John. And he did say that he platinum uh, Sea of Stars when he played it on PlayStation. But, uh, boys, have you have either of you tinkered with this, or do you plan on it, or anything like that? Because it, it was. is downloaded, but yeah, has not started. I, I highly recommend it if you're a fan of turn-based RPGs and you like an adventure and a good game. <laughs> everyone, highly. like I said, everyone I've talked to from our group of friends who has played it has had nothing but very good things to say about it. And, you know, I know Josh really loved it because he said it was a nice uh, throw in, you know, like kind of throwing it back, like to uh, to those SNES and Genesis and even, you know, of course, playstation one days right you know just different kind of feeling different kind of world and it's there's not a ton of these made uh but usually the ones that are done like whether it's like bravely default or something like this it seems like octopath traveler right like they're they're usually done by groups of people that are very passionate about it and you know i was glad to see them get nominated for uh i believe what was it best indie game they were one of the nominations for that it got it got two nominations. I think best indie game, uh, and another one. Uh, I'd have to look, but yeah, no, I mean, like it's it's got some praise out there, which is phenomenal, and yeah. and I highly recommend it for real. Um, it's one something of the, else I was going to say, and I lost. Uh, yeah. What's the what's the series that's largely on Nintendo? I think you played one. It's a turn based RPG. Oh, Fire Emblem. That's a, yeah, that's yeah. more of a that's a tactical RPG though. So it's a little bit different, you know, but it's it, they're still like from the you know, like Final Fantasy Tactics comes out Final Fantasy, right? Like so there's there's a lot of love between those two types of things. Yeah. You know. But yeah, I mean, right now I've got a stack of games. It's the end of the year and Chris and I and maybe I'll pivot to you while John steps away for a minute, Chris, but we mm. both are kind of okay, taking a breath. Yeah. Jeez, we we got to catch up on some of these games. You know, we want to finish them because we have like this internal rule. Like when we come for our game of the year list, like our personal games of the year, we would, we want to say we finished it, you know? Yes. Uh, and we got a stack of them. And then out of nowhere, I just, I, I, I just, for I don't know what made me, but I just started playing this game again. Cause I saw it on my Xbox queue. I was actually going to go in and play uh Mirage. That was mm. my intent. And then I saw this and I was like, you know what? Let's see what's up. And then it hasn't stopped since. Yeah, uh, it, but. it's it, to your point. Like it's one of those things where I think this morning there was a release of a a, tra- a launch trailer for 
a game that is coming out tomorrow. What's it called? I saw it this morning. I'm trying to scroll. It's a Mario too. RPG? No. <laughs> that's Friday, which I'm also I having can... to be like, don't do it, Chris. Don't you dare do it. Oh, I know, you man. Know? Um, it's crazy. God, what is it? It was like it got a launch trailer this morning with like Owen Wilson doing the narration. It's coming out tomorrow? It. Yeah, and I think it's mainly PC, but I could be wrong. But like it's basically, I think it's called like Teardown or something like that, like where basically you're just destroying stuff. Uh to see it explode i'm trying to see it but of course like there's nothing because it had to post like a yeah it's called uh tear down yeah and like you know i don't think that will be like a game of the year or anything like that right but i was like oh that looks like a fun interesting thing to just play with i'm like no chris don't you do it you know trying to do (laughs) as much as i can uh before before i guess really if i'm smart i won't buy anything again until uh what you call it, Pandora or Pandora, whatever Avatar comes out next month. Yeah, I think I would have. I just feel, I just feel like there are some quality games mm-hmm. that I want to finish that I put some substantial time into it. Same already, uh, and I like need to go ahead and just finish those. Sure. Yeah. It's it's insane. It's insane. This has it, been somebody. I, I think one of our listeners tweeted. I can't remember who it is right now, but how how much good content we've gotten out of games this year. Yeah, and it's made it even harder because, like, you know, it's just, like, the longer you go from these, the harder it is to keep trying to see what's new out there and be fresh on things, right? You know, to have our fingers on the pulse, if you will. But at the same time, finish things that we we totally love. Like, you know, we like the game. There's nothing that you know we have a problem with it's just like life gets in the way and then you move on to the next thing and it's like like mike's like how have you not finished horizon uh what you call it for ben west i still haven't and i was like well i was like look i could probably run to the end right now in that game and just mainline it and beat it but i was like i don't want to do that with that game because i really do like a lot of the other stuff so it's like trying to find the time and the mindset to actually do it so that's why I'm like, I have to do these games right now because I know when you get into 2024, that's kind of like, well, now I don't have to need to finish these games. F them. Just move them aside. Yeah, I got to yeah, yeah, work on the games, finish the games for 2024, and the cycle begins again. So, you know. Uh, <laughs> uh, sh- shout out to JT uh, who who in chat said uh, Elden Ring, LOL. And that was right? kind of a, you know, hey, what about Elden Ring? Yeah, I still, and if you've listened to this, I, I'm trying to platinum it. That's not going away. If you understand Elden Ring, even if you have like a a strategy or a walkthrough or whatever, it's mm. still very difficult to uh to kind of pick up and dive in. So and it also Elden Ring, you gotta remember for a gamer like myself, it elicits a lot of frustration. Sure. And the same thing keeps happening over and over that I can't figure out. But again, I now have experienced the elation of, oh, you did it. Yes, you know that that's a feeling I'm hunting for. So Elden Ring's platinum, it's gonna happen. I'm a determined, and and when I become determined, if you knew me personally, you know that I'll make it happen. So sure. Yeah, um, the ba- yeah. Huck says it well. The backlog is real. Yes. Yeah. At this point, but Chris, uh, what have you been playing this week? Uh, the easiest thing first rocket league whenever i want to mainly because as i alluded to last week they dropped a, a lightning mcqueen pack i didn't buy the full pack 
I just bought two things. I bought the Kachow goal celebration. And more importantly, I bought the uh, Life is a Highway player anthem because the art and, and the main reason I did it was exactly yesterday uh, or the other day when I was playing, there was a guy who was being a jerk. And then we proceeded to beat him like eight to one. And I made sure not to skip a single player anthem because I wanted him to have to sit there and listen to freaking Rascal Flats Life is a Highway as many times as possible <laughs> as I played him <laughs> in this match <laughs> to say, if you act like an a-hole in a game online, I'm going to make you pay for being an a-hole online if I can. Yeah. <laughs> so that's that's the main reason I bought that. Everyone else I'll skip. You know, I don't want to hear that song, but it's it's for those insurance purposes that I have to have Life is a Highway on there. Before that was Smash Mouth. So, you know, sorry, Smash Mouth, you finally got retired. But when I'm not doing that, uh, I've gotten back on the Tears of the Kingdom uh, trip, you know, kind of just going through, like, I felt good with where I was, like, when I left the game, right? Like, where I was like, okay, this is the armor set that I want all the way up, and I worked to get that all the way up. Um, and, you know, I was like, I had, you know, a good amount of hearts. I don't think, you know, I'm not, like, anywhere close to the max, right? But I was like, I should probably start checking off these regions because I had only done the Rito one. <laughs> and then and then it just kind of got left as I yeah. played. And, you know, I just went out and explored and did whatever. And then I was like, okay, I'm done for a while and moved on to the next thing. You know, I think Diablo or whatever it was, Final Fantasy, one of those ones. Um, but yeah, coming back, it took a little bit to get back into it, remembering all the little tricks and, oh, yeah, I got to do this, do that. But once I got into it, I mean, I spent pretty and much the as, buttons, right? Am yeah, I crazy? yeah. Decides that wants to just make the buttons backwards for no reason on games. It's I fine. think it's a Japanese thing. I want to say it's fine. Yeah. You know, it's fine. Don't worry about yeah. it. Yeah, but um, once I got back into it, you know, it was fine. Um, I freed the Zora. Uh, they had a pollution problem. Spoilers. So, so I I took care of that, and I my favorite has been the the, the Goron <laughs> one because I was like, oh, they substitute cracked addiction for meat addiction. Okay, I get it. It's like what it's like marble rock that they're all eating and getting brainwashed by. That was a that I have to say of the temples or whatever you want to call them this time. Uh, that's probably the one that I think now in retrospect has been the funnest. Like the funnest getting to it was the Rito one from the ones I've done so far, but um, the the actual going through the uh the goron the fire temple right uh has been was pretty fun though at times infuriating uh oh yeah that one all those tracks you you have to go i i got so confused on those and it was Mm. very like man you know i got like that like man it was that was dope Did, did you when you walk up to that is that not epic though oh yeah that's quite cool yeah that's that's pretty cool i like that a lot yeah yeah um but you know it's kind of like what i felt about before i was like man it's really well done um beautiful presentation you know uh feels um, i mean like in some ways feels a lot like breath of wild but then like as far as the problem solving and all that of course completely different in some other ways right where it's like you could just sit there instead of figuring out all those tracks in the goron temple like or fire temple do what I already had, which was like have my, you know, little wind bike and just float up to where I need to be and say, okay, screw that. If you want to, right? Like if you yeah, have the, if you have the tools, yeah. it, there's nothing holding you back from doing that. 
which is kind of cool. And I like that, that there is that freedom. All right, Sean Mendes. <laughs> I, I appreciate that freedom <laughs> as you're going through that, like a game lets you, gives you all these tools and doesn't restrict you in how you problem solving like key moments, right? Like that's, that's an important thing to me. So, it almost embraces you. Yeah. Whatever it takes, man, do it. I'm I kind of like that for sure. In, in retrospect now, I have to say like between the two games, I like the set of tools in this one more than I like in Breath of the Wild. Uh, oh, I, I agree. I've become that way for sure. Um, I've got a. I think when I complete the game, much like your goal is, mm-hmm. you know, uh, and I think just like how John said it, where we thought Breath of the Wild was the greatest game ever as far as Zelda fans, John and I collectively, mm-hmm. it's possible that this one will is the greatest Zelda game ever. And I think John has said that on on, on yeah. record. So I don't know how the final boss i don't know what his name will be that final boss who could it be who spanish morph (laughs) (laughs) uh how that will go but i will say the only thing that's been a little bit disappointing um and i think i said this before still i kind of feel like it rung through going through three or four of these now i don't think the bosses are that interesting to me this go around like they're quite pretty simple and straightforward to me like you know like oh yeah get to here expose the thing go hit it i mean i none of them were a struggle to me and i don't know but were they fun i mean oh god i think the i like the rito one (laughs) the rito one i do like the rito one i like i did not like the goron one just because it it was like yep shoot the rock dude at the thing and and break the leg and then run up and climb up and hit the eye um the Zora one was was okay with the water stuff, but like it's just I don't know. It, it's like I, I kind of wish there was a little bit more. It, it's almost it's almost like sometimes like where I would say like I have a complaint with that sometimes with Mario bosses too is like they're sometimes There's three hits. Yeah, it's like very simplistic. Like you what you see what it is, you're like okay, that's the gimmick. And the only one that feels a little bit different is like I said was that Rito one because you were falling in the sky and kind of like having to like you know open up the channel like with the the big thing of ice and all well, i'll say this as, as as breath of the wild when you thought those things that was the that was it mm-hmm. <clears throat> have fun buddy yeah we'll see yeah, you're <laughs> yeah gonna, i'm sure you're, i hope there's more you're gonna love schman and schmorph schmanish schmorph schmanish morph yeah <laughs> but the still. final boss is probably the hardest boss i've ever played in a zelda game oh okay but as I'm our not, friend, I'm not saying that that says much. I'm not saying that that makes yeah. it dark goals. But I'm just saying, yeah, you know, it's a little bit more challenging. And yeah. I, I, to be my, fair, I'm not asking that be Dark Souls. You know, I'm not saying it wouldn't fit. Be dark yeah, that's Souls, the thing yeah. that I want you to, as your buddy, just be like, hey man, remember, we're not playing Elden Ring, Dark Souls yeah. games. Like- I mean, back when you started playing Breath of the Wild, just opening the game up and Tears of the Kingdom, you're kind of, you're kind of playing a dark souls light type game light yeah definitely you get one in the sense of... i mean you're getting one hit yeah it's just it, it's it takes a while for you to get you know yeah strong yeah. enough to fight these yeah things. yeah what it takes a long uh, time for you to be strong enough to fight a lionel it takes us a long time for you to be strong enough to fight those hands here's the deal i don't know, fight lionels because they uh... dude you should you should fight lionel that's yeah. what i hear but they at the are... same time it's like i got hearts I got stamina and I got a sword. Let's go do this. The gear, man, that you get from those things. And yeah. plus they're even more 
they're even more like leveled um depending on where you are on the map or where you are below yeah here's you the deal get, get some you know really good you know stuff. those videos that you see of content creators who like just can one shot bosses go straight to them and beat them i have a confession <laughs> you're not that guy that's me no <laughs> <laughs> It was you the whole time. The whole this is all a gimmick. Ogres don't really bother me. I've already beaten Elden Ring and Platinum it. It's a joke. Uh no. You're doing anything else, Chris? Fight. That's yeah, so that's Rocket it. League, uh Lightning McQueen expansion. You could get the car music and sound bites and all that stuff. You opted just for the goal explosion song, which is Life is a Highway and Kachow. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you you started back Breath of the Wild, which is awesome. That's, yeah, that's Tears a busy of the Kingdom, week. but you know Breath of the Wild, I I could play that too. Yeah. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> um, I do I do that so often that I yeah. think something's wrong with me. Um, and and you, I wanted to commend you. Uh, it's like I'm only nice to you here. By the way, have you ever noticed that? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it really, is true, folks. But like you're you've been under the weather, you know, and you still you still trying to rock it out. We appreciate that, uh, John. What has have you done this week, buddy? Well, I've been, clean, I've, been, I've been cleaning up dog vomit. That, that sounds is that a new game? Got the platinum like trophy. Power Wash 2000. <laughs> dog vomit. Yeah, sorry about that. Did you hear me? Uh did you hear me? Going? Yeah, your mic listeners, if you if that's gonna be hard to edit out. Yeah. So if you it's, hear weird sounds as Chris and I are just talking and John goes away for a minute, uh, he didn't mute his mic and he was cleaning up dog yak. So give him a pass, please. Was I going? Yeah, was, I didn't know. I was like, "Did John just? Did he just throw up? What's happening?" Oh man, it smelled. It oh, came dude, out. Of, it came it. out of his. It smelled like what I did this morning in the bathroom. It Ugh. just it was just so bad. Oh my, Chris. Just um, uh, um, what else were you playing? You don't have to give me a, you know. Oh, just Rocket League of Tears of the King. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. AKA All Breath right. of the Wild. If Sean says it, what have I been doing? It's a good question. So, ah. so i went back a little bit dabbling with uh valhalla, uh, valhalla. I, have managed, I have managed to control the urge to completely just dive back into it um but i finished up uh mirage this week yeah. and even managed to get the platinum trophy oh. what uh, burr, 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 burr. i was like i was like i'm done with the game do I care? And I thought when I trade the game back back in, it's it's probably going to bother me that I didn't just go ahead and and do it. Um, one of the one of the trophies I um, so you know the the method a lot of times is you beat sometimes you know Mike has probably you know got a trophy guide on one of his monitors as he's playing. So he'll know, and this that's not a criticism, he'll probably know exactly what trophies to hit and win. Oftentimes when I'm doing this, I don't decide immediately that I'm going to go for the trophy. So yeah. oftentimes I'll, I'll just go through the game and then, and then continue playing after I finish the game for a little bit of cleanup. Uh, nothing like a good cleanup. So I did, I was doing that with Mirage, but unfortunately there was a, there was a trophy in there that you couldn't necessarily um, get it's called the trophy's called if uh you snooze you lose and there's a lot of 
larger enemies, Chris, you 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 guys you, you both have probably come across this. There's a lot of larger enemies in the game that are ho- that are holding keys. Yeah, yeah. To access something, so that so the trick is you've got to you've got to sleep dart them, and then steal their key that way. Well, I had already oh. finished the game. I'd already taken care of all of those larger guards with keys, so there were no keys for that's me that's to go for, for me to do that with. So I no was like, snooze. What am I supposed to do now? I, I, there's nobody. There's nobody for me to snooze that way. Um, which is which is a which is which is a testament and a compliment to the different tactics you can use in this game. It's 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 pretty good if you if you fully embrace all the different tactics you can use stealth wise. So what I had to do is luckily, luckily I found a save down on my list that I could go back to. Nice. Um. What I thought was going to happen was I would have to go back and play for the next two to three hours because I because I distinctly remembered there was an enemy where I could steal a key from. But as I was playing about 10 minutes in, I realized on one of the missions I was on way sooner, there was a guy that I could steal a key from by just sleep darting him. So what turned out to be would have been a three hour backtrack to get a to get a trophy only took me 10 minutes because I, I i had remembered that along the course of one of the missions that i was on to get to that place there was already somebody there just gift wrapped it for me so that worked out fine final thoughts on that game um like i like i said before i mean it, it's a great palate cleanse to whatever they do next which I, what i understand is as feudal japan i think it's feudal japan um, one of the things I'm I'm most looking forward to is um, the the one that I think takes place in during certain uh, some witch trials in history, not not Salem, but some other witch trials. I think it's I think it's codename Assassin's Creed Hex. Really looking forward to that one. That one looks interesting. Um, but with this game, really enjoyed um, the game as a whole. I think I would finish it out with an 8.5. Probably probably not going to end up on my top 5 or top 3 whatever it is we do this year. Um but it's funny how that works sometimes. Um games that you recognize that you would that you would rate 9, 9.5, 10 that you never will go back to and and the and the type of games that you simply can't put down. I, I give that one last year to Gotham Knights. I would never say it was a 10. Heck, I would never even say it's an 8. I mean, I maintain that that game is a 7, 7.5. Yet the way I think about these things, it still, it still ended up in my game of the year list because of just how much I found the gameplay addictive while you can recognize the faults that it have, that it has, and extensive faults that there are. But that gameplay loop is the one thing that matters to me more than anything. You keep me invested and I'm there for you. Even though they've got glitches here, that combat right there doesn't work. One of the things about this game that really, you know, the outside areas of Baghdad are just so kind of sparse and empty um, with not a lot going on with it. But as far as a pure Assassin's Creed game, I've never felt personally more BA as a assassin as playing as an assassin with all the tools and stealth mechanics that i have 
I don't know. I don't know, Chris, how you how you felt about this, but I felt like the stealth in this game was the best it's ever been. Certainly not Dishonored level or or some other stealth sim, but the, your your ability to, to for the developers to give you the tools that you their intent was not for you to be in open combat all the time, and they really mm-hmm. wanted to give you the type of tools you needed to make that work and make that successful for you. Like you know, for example, if you go back to Assassin's Creed Two. Um, one of the things that always bothered me about Ezio was he couldn't crouch. He j- he couldn't crouch, mm-hmm. and it was such an obvious mechanic to have, particularly in a stealth game. But this one does it. Um, and they start. I think they started doing crouching. Um, with Arno, maybe I might be I might be misremembering that. Um, Mike, if you're if you're on, I think you're I think you're listening. Um, I was thinking about speaking of platinum trophies and Assassin's Creed. I'd like to go after the Unity Trophy, Platinum Trophy, but the only way you do that is you have to do a couple of um, online online uh, missions. So if that's yeah. something you would be interested in tackling at some point, um, let me know. I'd be down. He, said, he says he's down. Oh, cool. That's cool. Hey, I got to bounce. Uh, y'all keep the show rolling. My <laughs> camera will stay on chat. Uh, I should be back. I sent y'all a note. Uh, to the listener, if I don't make it back, have a good week, and you know I'll I'll say peace out and all that stuff. But well, Sean, I'll congratulations to Tinley. Let her Thanks, know bro. We, let her know we yeah. think uh, that's awesome. I will for sure. And uh, I hate to do it, but I got to bounce to go see my girl, and I'll be back, y'all. Yep. But yeah, Chris, I I just I mean I really ended up being very grateful for having that type of Assassin's Creed game. Um, I almost just walked out with my headphones on. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if they're, I don't know. I mean, hopefully with, with, with the sales numbers, uh, assuming that it's been a success that they are encouraged to maybe do that as a kind of a, a, a side yeah. type game. Cause I mean, it, I just really enjoyed, I just really enjoyed going back to its roots. Um, so finish that up, wrap that up again. That's, that's like an eight. I Never think that's, I think up. I'm sitting at an 8.5 for me. Um, Chris, you finished it, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, did you give it a final score? I did. Okay. Was it an eight or seven or something like that? 7.5. Gotcha. Yeah. I think that's fair too. Yeah. Um, so, so I've moved on to, um, I'm trying to, I'm trying to, I'm trying to keep the momentum going. So I've gone back to Hogwarts. Um, so I'm trying to, I don't know if this is a platinum for me. I'd, I'd like it to be. Um, but it's a good bit you know, of a uh, time sink is what I would say. I, I, I think that's, I think that's my hang up with it. Cause I don't want to stick. I mean, I don't want to, I don't want to get hung up too much Yeah, because, because one of the things I need, because one of the things I'm trying to do this year is, is, is just finish a lot more games. And so I think I can get it done. Um, but you know, I, I'd love to talk to somebody who's not really exposed to the Harry Potter universe, who's not necessarily a fan, because there could be some skew there about how people feel about this game. Sure. But to me, to but to me, it's just it's just such an enjoyable world to be in. I'm one of those people where I'm still waiting for the combat to get old, and it hasn't. Mm. Because the more because just the more the more you progress, the more you're learning new spells. Um, and it's just, it just, the world that you exist in is just something so, 
dare I say, magical. <laughs> so just really enjoying that and looking forward to, um, I guess I'm about 15 hours total in the game, but um, I stepped away from the game for a long time. So back in August, I started the game over. <laughs> and at that time, I had already been like maybe five or six hours in. So I just felt that it was necessary to start it over from scratch, but yeah. um, really enjoying my time with it and looking forward to talking about it a little bit more. I've got, I've got Mario wonder waiting for me, wondering while I, why I've neglected it. That's uh, Chris, two, is that, a, is it, have you picked that puns. game up yet? I do. I have. Okay. It's, it's been a game where it's kind of like, and you know, this is what I love about these kinds of games is that, I can literally just pick it up and put it down whenever I want for 10 minutes and play. Yeah. You've been playing these games your whole life. You, you get how it works and it's not like the story (laughs) is so, it's not like the story is so deep that you forget what's going on. If you pick it up two months later. And and to be fair, the only thing that's hurting it right now is of course I'm back on tears of the kingdom and I don't want to close that app and have to restart it. So yeah. probably it will be on hold until I finish Tears of the Kingdom, which probably will happen, I'm sure, over the next week here. Uh, definitely as we hit the holiday break, right? Um, next yeah. weekend, I think I'll get it done. When I went back to Tears of the Kingdom, I was like, I'm in. I got it. I'm doing, all, I'm doing it all. I'm getting the shrines. I'm doing the <laughs> Lionels. I'm doing this and then this and then this and then this. And then th- and I, I played it for another solid 30 hours. And then I just said... I got I to gotta go beat I gotta this. wrap this up, yeah. <laughs> I just got to go beat this. And, and I, and, I think, know. honestly, that's their design, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, like, sure, there are the mics of the world who are going to go do everything, but I think the idea of the design of that game is to be like, here's X amount of shrines. You don't need them all to be completely yeah. overpowered and BBA. Here's X amount of gear out here, right? Gear sets and X number of things you can go farm to upgrade those gear sets. You don't need all of them to, you know, be BA and and have multiple options that will get you through in multiple different ways. But, you know, it also sets the player up to go, I don't want to keep having to go through and doing this to get this one piece because I don't even really care that much about this gear and what the benefits are or man, you know, like some of those uh, challenge dungeons, right? Where it's combat or traversal or whatever. Like if, if for whatever reason you're getting hung up, it's okay to say, I'm going to put this down and go somewhere else. And then, Oh, there's another shrine. Let me go do, let me go do that. And you know, you solve it within five seconds and you feel smart again and you keep going on. That's that's what I think it's there for. In yeah, this way. I mean Clarissa, Clarissa is still playing it. Mm-hmm. I mean, how long has Diablo Four been out? She hadn't touched it. I mean, it's not. It's not. I don't feel. Radar. You know, I don't even feel bad about deleting her character anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think. Uh, I think I might go ahead and maybe buy a physical copy of Diablo Four and put it in her stocking for Christmas. You know, so. next day you'll get add to Game Pass. <laughs> I think, I, think she would prefer, I think she would prefer the trophies. I think True. that she would that, that's her preferred platform. But True. anyway, that's my story and I'm sticking to it. I I've, I've got uh I've got uh Dead Island 2 waiting. I've got Lies of P. I keep, I I need to go back to Sea of Stars is in the queue. Yeah. You know, I'm 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 I'm, I'm trying to have more than 5 <laughs> games to say <laughs> are my top 5. Yeah. So, but yeah, it's, uh, 
It'll be all right. I, I I meant to I meant to ask Sean before he left. Maybe he'll be back in time. But maybe trading him mm. Spider Man Two for Final Fantasy if he still has oh, a physical okay. copy. If he, if he has a physical copy of it, so yeah, because that's another game I'd like to get to. So that's 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 what I've got. That's what I got. I'm like literally in my mind going after I finish Tears of the Kingdom because like of my list of things to complete, it's either 16 or probably Baldur's Gate 3. Mm-hmm. And in my mind, I'm going, I really want to get back to Baldur's Gate 3, but on the other hand, I know I'm a hell of a lot closer to the end of Final Fantasy 16. Uh, so I want to get it done. Um, well, I got Alan Wake for free. If I can just get through that and jump on Alan Wake 2, I'd love to. I really would. Um, sure because that's kind of the survival horror and i'm kind of looking for kind of a fresh now you know, for the record the first horror. the first one isn't straight up survival yeah uh, yeah it's more psychological action. it's like a lot more action oriented the gameplay and things like that that you're doing in okay. there but yeah cool yep well let us get to the news and we'll be right back we should do the show so fast. Hot off the press and straight to your ears. Like Weekly Games Chat presents the news. 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 News you can use. News. Right? Uh, let's start off with the Nintendo Indie Showcase, John. Uh, Shantae Advance Risky Revolution was announced. That's a name. <laughs> By WayForward and is slated for 2024 release. The game was originally announced back in 2001, but canceled. That's that's a gap. That's like a that's like a Duke Nukem Forever gap. <laughs> well, it was canceled. Yeah. Uh, Core Keeper, previously in early access on Steam, is making its way to Switch, where it will be released in 2024. Uh, on Your Tail is a sleuthing game set in the seaside town of Borco Marina. It's a life sim game with town exploration, mini games, fishing, and other life sim elements. That's like the favorite thing for the Switch is to have life sim elements in there. A lot of farming. Hal is a turn-based tactical folktale set in medieval times when a strange sound-based plague called the Hal is ravaging the land. The star-named EOS is a narrative puzzle game where puzzles use photography to explore the world and uncover the truth about the disappearance of the protagonist's mother coming next spring. Blade Chimera is a side-scrolling 2D action game that has you wielding the Lumina Sword, which you can manipulate time. Moonstone Island is finally coming to the console in spring of next year. The game is a creature collection life sim. Our life sim. Uh, Outer Wilds Archaeologist Edition for Switch is coming out December 7th uh, with the physical version planned for sometime next year. John, I didn't watch any of this, so I can't really say anything, but uh, I'm guessing you may have checked it out. Did uh, anything catch your eye of that? Not really. Um, I will say Moonstone looked interesting to me personally. but I don't know why it just kind of looked captivating. It's not really, it's like, uh, it's probably because, uh, dream dreamlight Valley was such a, such a charming game for me last year, but I'm yeah. always down for a Shantae game. I mean, that, that series has been around for a good gosh, 20 years now, if not mm. more. 
And they're just always pretty solid games. And the fact that this one was one that they started and then canned and then decided to come back to, I mean, yeah, I'll always give give one of those a try. So that one was a particular highlight for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I had thought that Outer Wilds was already on the Switch. Maybe it is, and this new edition's just coming out. But that that I don't know. I I, I it never grabbed me before, but the way it looked, I just yeah. Outer Wilds kind of. If you invest the time and you get to the end of that game, it's it's pretty powerful stuff, like emotionally. Yeah, that trailer just kind of made me give it a kind of a second look. Like mm-hmm. where, how? It's like how have I not seen you before? <laughs> you know, so because you weren't on Switch before. Yeah, maybe so. <laughs> Yeah, it's all about the bitch, right? Uh, I hope all those games meet their sales wonders. Well, Chris, <laughs> speaking of sales wonders, it is surprising <laughs> no one. Uh, Super Mario Brothers Wonder is a smash hit and is now the fastest selling Mario game. The game is sold through 4.3 million units within the first two weeks of the game's release, and Nintendo anticipates that the game will continue to sell well, particularly through the holiday season and beyond, due to the fact that Mario games in general tend to sell well over long periods of time than the average video game. Yeah. Chris, why is this particularly the fastest selling Mario game of all time? I mean, I think it's pretty obvious, John. <clears throat> Mario turns into a freaking elephant. What more do you need in your life than that, right? I mean, yeah, that was that was kind of like the the meme of the of summer. like 2023 <laughs> while last year's was uh what was that big vampire lady from village? Oh yeah. <laughs> so yeah, there's always some there's always a video game meme of the year. I mean, but, but uh, I'm not shocked at all. Um also though really happy, right? Because I think there was maybe some worry that being a 2D Mario, you wouldn't it wouldn't get the same love and attention as uh, as some of the 3Ds got. But I mean, it seems like it's just as good as the 3D Mario's have been the last couple of years, and um, also shows once again like we we often forget that like it was New Super Mario Bros. and New Super Mario Bros. 2 that really sold a ton for nintendo over the years so uh hopefully this is the case like you know we know that the the next switch console is coming i would hope they would just carry this over and maybe bundle it right whenever that comes out and get even more people playing it who adopt the system so what's funny to me chris is i was in i was in gamestop you remember that store uh i was in gamestop a couple of weeks ago and it was, and it was, I guess it'd been out for a few days and, and it was sitting on the shelf <clears throat> and a couple of teenagers were looking at it and he goes, Oh man, the new Mario. <laughs> and the other guy looked at him and said with a straight face, yeah, but it's not classic Mario. And I went, Oh my God, this is, this is where we are because to them, classic Mario is N64 and beyond, you know, it's like the, the, probably the, 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 the 3d mario concept is just that's what mario is to everybody now well even though i think i think that the side scrollers are still technically pound for pound better selling than the 3d mario yes they are i mean wh- i mean the last one odyssey sold bajillions but john you know. make yourself feel <laughs> older you said oh for them classic mario is n64 mario i'm like no john no, it's probably just, super mario galaxy <laughs> yeah 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 yeah. i just meant that i just meant the 3d yeah. style that's all yeah, yeah that's all yeah, i got gotcha. you 
but even I, but even like you know guys in their late 20s 30s that's what they're they're still that's what they're saying it's like they yeah. don't have nostalgia for mario 3 or, or world no. they have nostalgia for you know in 64 sunshine galaxy yeah, it's kind of we're at that hard part of age where <laughs> we have to start to realize that we're not the target demographic anymore and therefore our nostalgia is something that is well it still has some power now right it's going to be something that wanes and gives way to that generation's level of nostalgia you know thanks roblox yeah right <laughs> <laughs> and i think i mean like shoot um what was it we talked about last week i mean just even for kids from a couple of years ago like you think of all those kids back in 2016 who were playing Fortnite, you know they're the reason that thing had 44 million because it's like them remembering eighth grade and now they're remembering you know like their middle school years and they're what i guess probably in college now right so yeah. it's crazy to think exactly. about exactly uh, you know what's also crazy john this is crazy but tell me uh pikmin 4 is the best-selling Pikmin game ever. The game sold 2.5 million copies since releasing in July. This beats the worldwide cumulative totals of all other Pikmin games. That's crazy. Nintendo cited the large install base as well as increased awareness of Pikmin ahead of the new game's release. The company also released HD versions of Pikmin 1 and 2. With the success of Pikmin 4, one could expect a fifth installment. That would be like a good, maybe like third year in of the new console right just put that out there the next one because it seems like they've hit their groove with them now right how you feel about with, this with how long it took to get this game going they probably already have five made right <laughs> <laughs> just waiting but it's just you know it's i laughed about it in spite of myself it's like and the second best-selling pikmin sold two hundred thousand copies you know that kind of thing <laughs> but it's just it's it's um it's it's such a charming little series of games and they've always been well thought of but they've just never really they've always been you know a, yeah. a kind of a niche series um is 4. Point, is 2.5 million copies mean that it has arrived nah but that I mean, you know, it, it's it's very it's it's a very encouraging number. I'm I'm actually pleased with it. But you have to. It, it's like this just kind of goes with a narrative of <clears throat> why are why are certain games, certain franchises in the Nintendo library, all of a sudden doing well, even Metroid, and it's it's the Switch install base. Yes, and it's not it's not just the Switch install base because the Wii had a large install base. But that was so, but the Wii was just sort of this casual mess a, a good bit of the time. This one actually is inviting to hardcore gamers when there's something on the platform that invites them back. Yeah. So, I mean, the, the install base for this is the credit you give for, gosh, I mean, y you give it to, for Pikmin, you give it uh, for Metroid, you give it for Luigi's Mansion 3, which, you know, those previous titles um you know were never big sellers but luigi's mansion 3 was sold very well which is why they're um i don't remember it's the first one or the second one but i think they're remastering one and putting it on the title yeah it's like let's 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 do this let's reintroduce you to uh super mario rpg to see if this is something that the that the that the console can carry 
I'm actually looking forward to that. I think it comes out Friday. Yeah. I think. To your, to your I point. I don't know if there's been any reviews. Mm, I haven't seen anything yet. Um, to your point, it's like, if you remember back with the Wii generation, it was all for them capturing that casual market, right? And I think they kind of just thought they yeah. had it, and then they kind of realized, no, you, you, you got their interest, but you didn't really give them the thing that they needed to be hooked in long term right where there was a synergy between hardcore and and casuals where hardcores could play something that then casuals would be like oh that's cool i want to get into that and i feel like what's evolved now i think to me the the moment if you will that really set off for them this generation was probably animal crossing with the pandemic and a lot of people who did not ever play an Animal Crossing game because it was on DS and things like that, trying that out and finding fun, it's like there's this whole entire genre of like I would call them like kind of cozy time games is the best way to say it, right? Like Stardew Valley and things like that where it's not necessarily like, you know, the most adult content out there. It's not necessarily pound for pound the most demanding game you're ever going to play. But it's something that's relaxing and fun. And more importantly, I think the whole entire family can be in the room while you're playing it. And it seems like they've hit that wall. And like now people are checking out things like Pikmin. I think they're checking out things like Splatoon and all that kind of stuff. Kirby, right? And we've seen all of them kind of doing their best uh, here this generation with their series. And I think that's a testament to Nintendo kind of focusing and figuring out, oh, this is what is the formula this is what you know it's kind of like almost like disney in a way right like we're disney figuring out yeah we could just shovel these remakes out and <laughs> people will eat it up <laughs> you know um and that worked for him for a long time you know so uh, i hope it keeps working for nintendo and a lot of these properties that i think gamers have love for right like long-term fans um uh, Hopefully it keeps getting new people in and grows that base and, you know, evolves to a new generation of people. That's what I want. So good for them. Um, not so good. <laughs> uh, Call of Duty news, right? Or is this mm. the, yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure. No, this is you though, isn't it? I'm not mm-hmm. sure how to transition to this. I haven't read it. Yeah. But I just saw Call of Duty. I was like, that probably uh, isn't good news. <laughs> So Sledgehammer Games has reportedly pitched uh, reportedly pitched Call of Duty Advance Wars 2. And the only thing I remember about that one is it starred it starred Kevin Spacey. Yeah. Uh, only to have it shelved in favor of Call of Duty Modern Warfare 3. This apparently led to a severe crunch in order to get Modern Warfare 3 out. According to Bloomberg, Sledgehammer had to had to make Modern Warfare 3 in one and a half years rather than the uh, typical three-year development cycle. And original reports revealed that Modern Modern Warfare 3 was conceived as an expansion to Modern Warfare 2. Modern Warfare 3 is a true sequel. Uh, This is according to Activision. Um, Modern Warfare 3 is a true sequel that allows players to carry forward their operators and skins from Modern Warfare 2. It's important to note that this is the lowest rated. I could be wrong about that. This was me opining. Uh, but the, the lowest rated Call of Duty ever with a 53 on Metacritic. And I don't know, Chris, having never really played one of these things, I don't know what it takes for Call of Duty to get a 53 on Metacritic. I heard the I heard the campaign was just yeah atrocious and tacked on and uninteresting. Well, 
even for a Call of Duty campaign. Yeah, uh, this has definitely got the community feeling some ways about it. Um, and, you know, it definitely, to a lot of people, I think feels like, you know, for a $70 price point, it doesn't, in their you know view, add up to a $70 game, right? Um, and... Well- I mean, even down to the like the problems with launch where, you know, I, I know they fixed it pretty fast, but you had like a number of maps that had to get pulled off right away because basically the spawn points were working in a way where people could literally camp you and just snipe you as soon as you spawn into the map. Like that should be a routine thing that's logically, you know, hasn't been an issue since like the 360 era of the game, right? Like, you know, that's how long that's been solved. And here it is showing up again. Um, down to, you know, I just think to your point, like it's a very short expansion from everything I've heard as far as the campaign. It's a lot of, it's not really new maps, I believe. It's them adding classic maps in uh, into this. Mm-hmm. I know there's a zombie mode. I haven't, Mike says he's played it a little bit and, uh, I don't want to put words in his mouth, but I think he was like, it's not hitting him the same way. I think previously uh, how he's felt in past ones. Cause that's kind of his big mode, right? Like that's the thing he really loves. And I think they're kind of doing a little bit different this time where it's more of like an extraction mode instead. Uh, but you know, I, I just want to point out like for, for call of duty to be that low is unheard of. Like to, to put in context, Redfall has a higher Metacritic score than Call of Duty Modern Warfare 3. And I think we can all agree that Redfall was kind of perceived as this year's like a big, you know, supposedly AAA titles, right? That was kind of the one <laughs> that we all looked to and said, ooh, that dropped the ball, you know? So it um, feels like, you know, the critics, they aren't holding back. The fans aren't holding back. Uh, you know, and... Guess what, Phil? You own it now. So good luck on fixing that problem, too. If you didn't have it's, enough it's problems funny. already, it's there's funny. another one. It's funny. Call of Duty Ghosts is sitting there going like, yes, we're not, we're not the hated one anymore. We're not the black sheep. Right? So I don't know. They're going to have to. Uh, I, I'm sure they will write that, write that ship, right? Uh, but you see where the problems are. I mean, you almost wonder is like, is that the reason why someone like Bobby Kotick was like, maybe it's time for us to sell, you know, as, as far as that. But, uh, John, we've had depressing news. <laughs> this last, I don't one. know. We'll see. Well, this is kind of depressing too. No, no, this is great news. Uh, game award and nominations are out. Finally course the show will be on december 7th i'm just going to read from ign kind of recapping the highlights here uh nominees for the game awards for 2023 have been revealed with alan wake 2 and Baldur's gate 3 leading the way with eight nominations each alan wake took home nominations in game of the year best game direction narrative art direction score uh sound design performance for uh the woman who plays saga in the game and action adventure game while Baldur's gate three also scored nominations for game of the year game direction narrative score performance uh community support rpg and best multiplayer after that you have marvel spider-man 2 which 
got seven noms. Tears of the Kingdom got five alongside Super Mario Wonder. Uh, and then, of course, all those games nominated for Game of the Year, John, along with we asked this question before, or I asked this question last week that I was almost 100% certain that I could say five games were getting nominated for Game of the Year. All five of them did. The last one, we were all kind of like, what's it going to be? I think you said Starfield. I thought maybe it would be like Star Wars. I don't remember if Sean said a game or not, uh, but it ended up being, and this shouldn't be too much of a surprise when you just think it was very highly received, right? Yeah, um, yeah, I just, I think yeah. my thinking was that it might get held out just because of a year of new releases, a remake might not make the cut. Nope, didn't matter. Resident Evil 4 remake also uh, made the cut as being up there. Some other big ones. Uh, game direction is between Alan Wake 2, Baller's Gate 3, Spider-Man 2, Mario Wonder, and Tears of the Kingdom. Uh, the one that I have to say, looking at, John, that was actually most nice surprising to me because I thought it was just going to get completely left out because it came out so early, even though it got really well-reviewed, um, is Hi-Fi Rush. Hi-Fi Rush got five nominations, and deservingly, you know because I, I really thought that game was going to get overlooked. Uh, but, yeah, what's your uh, thoughts this year on the nominations? Any shocks? Well, yeah, uh, shocking to me is, and I'm not dying on this hill. Mm -hmm. um, I, I'm, I'm not particularly upset about it, but Resident Evil, and you know how much I love Resident Evil 4, yeah. I don't, I'm not convinced that it really belonged in the Game of the Year category. Um, if if only for it's a game that was already made 20 yeah. years ago and the story change. was already in place so that so they didn't have to go into a lot of work on the story they didn't have to go into a lot of work on the on the set pieces they didn't have to go into a lot of work on the storyboards there was a whole lot of stuff and assets that were already in place and you know you can go back and and look at this this was many per, this was many websites game of the year and considered one of the best games of all time i don't i didn't feel like it was the reason and had I, had i thought it was a possibility i would have picked it over starfield to be put in that category hmm. but we've had so many remakes yeah dead space we've we had a we had a quite solid metroid prime remake I mean, some would call it a remaster, but people thought this is actually kind of a remake. I mean, everybody said the assets were just so, you know, stellar yeah. in that game. So, I mean, it's just not really a case I would have made. Um, everybody, look, I'm just going to tell you, everybody seems to think that this is Baldur's Gate's momentum going in. Um, I think what's likely to happen is Tears of the Kingdom wins game of the year, Baldur's mm. Gate Baldur's Gate racks up on a bunch of awards. I mean, they take home the the most trophies. Um, Sans Game of the Year. In fact, they could uh, they they could sweep all the other trophies that they're nominated for. Sans Sans Game of the Year. It's just hard to see Tears of the Kingdom being not going home empty handed like that. Uh, we'll we'll see what happens. But I think if I was going to take a guess right now, um, I think Zelda's going to get action adventure game of the year because it is like the one that probably most signifies like the full description of it right it just makes sense for sure. it to win that over like alan wake um even though you know it's puzzle solving and alan wake and things mm -hmm. like that but 
Um, well, I think that happens, and then I'm I'm literally unsure right now because I I'm I'm not with you on this. I, I think it's I think it's literally between Baldur's Gate and Alan Wake, and probably about a month ago I was said Baldur's Gate is running away with this, like just where the industry is right and how they reacted to that game. It felt like, okay, yeah, I haven't really felt this way about an RPG, at least since Elden Ring, and really more so since Witcher 3. But um, on, it, the flip it's possible. on the flip side, I know they love some Remedy, and this is the most Remedy mm -hmm. game that's ever, and it's felt like it's come out, and because it came out last of these three games, is fresh in everyone's mind. Everyone's playing it. They're all about to go vote on these things. <laughs> you know, so there's part of me that thinks maybe the dark horse that, you know, and I think it kind of shows in the nominations, right? Uh, eight noms, right? Like that says a lot right there. I think, you know, what eight, you know what eight noms is? Nom, 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 nom. Yeah. So it's, so, so it's, it's the most remedy game that they ever remedied. They've yeah. They never remedied as hard as they remedied this game. The one, my objection, like to your point, as far as resident, I'm I'm with you. Like I don't like I'm not I wanna, upset. I, no, I'm not upset. I'm not upset. It. It's, it's deserving. Just, whatever. I think like, but to me, like the two that you could have stuck in there and it would have made sense. And I feel bad for one of them because I feel because it's acting as a live service game, it's being judged on how everything is going as far as its progression over time, right? Versus what it was as the campaign and its release date and everything else, which is Diablo four Diablo four launched yeah. 10 a hundred times better on day one than Diablo three ever did. Sure. Uh, and has a much better campaign than Diablo three. And it's just, mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's my favorite Diablo campaign easily since Diablo two. Uh, sure. So I would have been fine with that. The other one I really think has a major gripe here, and I, I just feel bad for it, and it's like this is the problem that you get in these kinds of things is that you have greatness that everyone in this genre is recognizing, right? All the fans are recognizing that this is the best that has come out in this genre in a while, and because it's not so mainstream as it was, say, back in the early 90s now, it just doesn't get the attention from the press at large right where enough people are going to play at these sites where it can get high up on their list when they submit their nominations and that's street fighter six because i mean street fighter six is like sitting a 92 on metacritic like that's a good you know, point yeah, yeah. Like, that, that's, that and uh, that might have been a first yeah i don't I mean, know uh, maybe I don't know. a fighting game a fighting game in that category yeah, like so, I would be fine that <laughs> Armor Core is another one that definitely kind of because of its genre, I think, got a little bit overshadowed here. Um, but you know, yeah, it is what it is. It's like when you have a tight year like this, it, it's just really, <laughs> it's really hard <laughs> to to appease everyone. Someone's gonna be left disappointed in the end. Well, I tell you, I tell you who did get left disappointed. Mm -hmm. A lot of fans of. Hogwarts Legacy. No, they're um, fine. They have like twenty million in sales. <laughs> They'll be fine. Well, that's the, well. I mean, that's kind of the point. I mean, you were making the case that you know, mm. Diablo three went out the gate selling, sure, quadruple times what Diablo three did. That's an exaggeration. 
Yeah, it's so much. But um, <laughs> it's it's uh it it's kind of I'm 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 just gonna be candid about it. It's kind of made me less interested. I, I was really I was really hype last year about about the Game Awards. I thought it was a really great show. I think I think Keeley did a great job last year. Mm-hmm. I'm not I'm not sure I'm not sure where the finger gets pointed. Um, but I I think uh, I think Hogwarts being snubbed in every category yeah. is kind of an unforgivable sin for me. And <laughs> it's kind of, it's kind of, uh, political. It, it's like, it's like the games media, you know, didn't get its way and didn't get that game canceled, but they are going to have the last laugh here. Um, because this is the last, one of the last bits of, of entertainment in the, in the gaming space where they, where they have, kind of the the final say mm. and it you know it, it the it, to me i mean if if you don't think if you think this was kind of a coincidence that's fine but there's a lot of evidence to point out that this is not a coincidence that this was that this was actually deliberate when they first showed this game at the game awards the audience booed it um the following year they opted to show a wonder woman trailer instead of hogwarts as a follow up to how the game had progressed um they the games media i think is still kind of burning red hot that instead of getting the game boycotted or at least harming the game all they did was increase the sales to 20 million <laughs> and the switch i think the switch version came out either today or it might come out wednesday yeah that's going that's going to be another 3 to 5 million in sales i mean mm-hmm. that that's i mean particularly from everything i'm hearing the game is not dead on arrival on the switch it's a it's a it's a decent port of, of of the game from what i'm hearing that that might not turn out to be the case but to me it just seems like there are so many categories you could have put this game in for example you could have put it in the rpg category instead they put lies of p which has a 5 point lower metacritic score and less sales it just seemed like they were really it just seemed like they were really grasping at straws to figure out how to put something into a category as long as it wasn't Hogwarts. I mean, you could have put it in best music or best art direction. I mean, Hogwarts Legacy, ladies and gentlemen, was nominated this year for a Grammy Award. And -hmm. you can't put this into the category of at least music. It's not that it wasn't, you know, you know, someone made the point that, you know, Fallen Order was the obvious choice to put into the category of whatever category that was in. And both these games have virtually the same Metacritic score. And Mm. you don't have to go by Metacritic score, but let's take Metacritic score, which is virtually the same, plus 15 more million units sold over a Star Wars game. Over a Star Wars game. So I just think it's a little bit blatantly obvious. I would have more respect for the Game Awards if Keeley came forward and said... Here's the thing, guys. This game is too controversial, and we left it out. But that's I would not have what more respect. Uh, pardon me. That's not what he did. I, and what I said was, I would have more respect if that's mm-hmm. what he would do. That's my point. I guess because I, it, it's because it's blatantly obvious to me. If it's not blatantly obvious to you, that's fine. Yeah. But this is this is a direct attempt to not acknowledge a game that many in the games media 
find personally ex- uh, per- personally offensive mm. because an author 20 years ago came up with the property. And I'll just leave it there. There's there's plenty of reasons across the board to find some way to nominate nominate a 25 million. I mean, this game has the potential to be with a 50 Metacritic score for Call of Duty. <laughs> this game has the potential to actually be the best-selling game of the year. Seriously. Possible. So, you know. I don't know. I, I, I just I just I'll just leave it there. I, I just think it's blatantly obvious that 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 this so, thing was left off the categories for a very specific reason. I I just don't I can't <clears> accept that. Because I'm like, you have 120 different outlets who all vote on this thing, right? Like, mm-hmm. I agree with you. There's definitely some outlets that, and you can look at their reviews, right? That you could tell they took that into their issue of their things. But it wasn't the majority of them. Like, I don't think IGN, who gave it like a 9 out of 10, is holding it off because it's Hogwarts Legacy. I think they're holding it off because, like, they think there's, you know, like, for instance, like, just Game of the Year. There's six better games that it's the same reason why Starfield's not on there, right? Like, I, you, I you look, could be, Chris, I yeah. would be surprised even mm-hmm. if this, even if there was no controversy, I would be surprised if Hogwarts Legacy was for some reason in the Game of the Year category. Because mm-hmm. I want to make sure you understand, yeah, I'm not asking for Game of the Year. I'm saying you could have easily put it in the RPG category. I don't think you they could would have, have done that put, though. They probably submitted it as adventure because that's what it's considered. Because it's it's more RP, No, I, I think it's more RPG than adventure. No, because it, it. I mean, it hits and more of like the how case, they classify. Even if that's it. the case, even if that's the case, you could have taken Jedi out and put Hogwarts in. I think there's a better case to be made that Hogwarts would have been there had it know. been considered. <laughs> I know. I guess I have, I'm biased on it just because of the fact that I played both those games, and I think Jedi is way better of a game. Sure, <laughs> like that's, Jedi. And that's okay. Yeah. I'm not talking about what game is better. Yeah. That's really not my point. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, I'm sitting here going, "It should be game of the year." Yeah. And obviously, that's that's not true. It should be I, game of the year. I'm with you on those things. Like if I see it and I can look at a set of nominees and go, "Like there's no argument there," and that's like where I have the problem is like with that kind of like music. Music, yeah. I mean, like, music is, let's see, hold on. I mean, Art like, direction. again, again, music, Starfield didn't get nominated for music. That is probably one of its strongest things that everyone agrees that the game does well. But when you say Alan Wake 2, that's a great score. Baller's Gate 3, great score. Final Fantasy 16, great score. Hi-Fi Rush, great music game all around. And then Tears of the Kingdom, you know, it's like, it's not like we've got slouches in here. It's like, those are all really well done, you know? So I'm like it's hard for me to go that it's, you know, easily deserved or like a guaranteed thing versus like, you know, something again, like I said, like to me, street fire two gang kind of snubbed a lot of things or, or Diablo four gang snubbed a lot of things. I think because of narratives there around that game, you know, like, I think they've got the, the bigger gripe, if you will, than something like Hogwarts, which I think is a fine game. And yes, that's great. It's sold well, but you know, like I, I just think when you're thinking of game of the year, this is just me personally here. I could speak to this. It's how I've always kind of approached awards. It shouldn't be about what were your sales numbers, right? Like I want, you know, like for instance, like Sea of Stars has gotten a lot of attention, right? Got nominated for mm-hmm. indie game of the year. And it may win because it's probably the most played of those indie games this year. 
But like, I'm glad that when I look at that thing, like Cocoon, Dave the Diver, Dredge, like all these games I've talked about this year, right? Like that all three of those got nominated. I think they're well-deserved games, even though they might not end up winning because, you know, they just don't have the attention that, that Seas of Stars kind of got from a group of people. And that's well, I, look, I haven't, I haven't combed the history of the game awards. Okay. But if you can find me mm-hmm. a triple a AAA game with exceptional reviews, the way Hogwarts got, and it did. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you could make a case that Jedi did, you can certainly make a case that Hogwarts did. Sure. I mean, they're almost, they're almost the same score. Yeah. If you could make a case for me that there's a triple a game out there that had the high scores that this game did with 20 million or exceptionally high sales mm. that got snubbed in the game awards, then I'll quiet down. And to ask its point, um, this game's not even my favorite game. I, I'm not making yeah. the case that it's my favorite. Therefore it should have been, I'm not making that I'm trying so ladies and gentlemen, I'm trying to be as objective about this as I can reading the tea leaves reading the historical significance of what this title has been doing over the past couple of years, seeing how the games media has reacted, seeing the backlash it has gotten and giving you quite frankly, just a political analysis Mm -hmm. of what I think the games media has perpetuated on a studio that has worked hard on a game and maybe deserves a little bit of credit for it. I guess. And that's, and, 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 and to me, that that leaves that leaves us wanting this is this is why the games media is in decline that's why because they're of their insistence on shoving their agenda down your throat take our take ours we're not the biggest podcast in the world by far obviously but that's not true chris but chris (laughs) and sean allow Mm. me sure to spew my toxic opinions and that's why i I allow them I allow them to I get, give their well-informed, <laughs> level-headed opinions. The, the thing so like where I take issue like when I hear that is from the other side of it, is I would just say, like, you're saying, like, well, the media had it out. And I was like, the media gave – you said it yourself. The media gave it in 84 on Metacritic. So I you think that it should have been, like, a 90 overall on Metacritic as far as that is. If that's what you believe, fine. But, like, you know – I just, that's where I have the problem. Like, I'm like, I'm with you. There are some people out there that were, in my opinion, like kind of reviewing to your point, their own views, right? Like their own views of like how they view her and all that kind of stuff. I'll, I'll give you like, I could point you to the ones that were totally doing that. Right. But then I think of the other side of it, like there are plenty of others that gave it somewhere between a seven and a nine that when I read their reviews, I'm like, I'm not really reading any of that. It's like maybe at most like a line in it. And you're going like, if you're going like, Hey, you've got this many reviews and that's what the average went to was this. I kind of go like, yeah, that's a good sample. Like, cause you're going to have the people that kind of go the other way. I think that want to just defend the game and go, no, this has to be a 10 out of 10 because I have to combat the guy that's going to go out there and give it a three out of 10. You know, that's the bad part of that. The the thing that I think the three of us try to remind people is when Mm -hmm. IGN gives it a score, Mm -hmm. gives whatever game a score, try to consider the fact that it's not that IGN gave it the score. Yeah. A certain person at IGN gave it a score. 
Now, IGN backed it and said, these are all fair points. We don't, I mean, not necessarily people agree, but I think in this case, you have a situation often like in some way, Baldur's Gate. Mm-hmm. Who's going to cover this, gay, this game? Well, ten, ten, let's say you've got a room full of 10. Eight of them go, I don't yeah. like this style of game. I'm never going to want to play it. And so there's two left who will who you consider that are going to do that score that do that review. For sure. I think that's kind of that's I think that's kind of you can translate to how this was approached. I think you've got a a, a, period, a, a website like Polygon or IGN where you've got 15 people in the room, 10 of them refuse to sure. review this game. And you have to remember that the voting body for the game awards could consist of four or five out of the 15 of those people at IGN or Polygon or game. So it it's not, to me, it's not good enough to make the argument. Well, look at all the people who gave it high scores mm. when there's 50 other people at those websites that think that game was toxic and refuse to touch it with a 10 foot pole who are voting members of the game awards. That's a fair and I point. think that, it, I think that at least has to be considered. I'm not that's saying fair. that's the case, but yeah. I'm saying it has to be considered. And I just wish Keeley would be a little bit more, well, um, he did that, uh, to his credit. To his credit, he did even post. Know. He posts before he did the noms. He did come mm-hmm. out and say, "Like, hey, just a reminder, I have nothing to do with the selection of this. I'm just the host. There's 120. Uh, you, you see, know. you see. But no, he. I think what you he's he, no, no, no. He's trying to do it. You're going like you see. I think he's trying to say, I am nope. the independent arbiter. Whatever they pick, nope. I do. You know, I'm no, not going to do. I that. think he's. I think he recognized. Mm. what was about to happen and that's mm. why he raised the red flag for sure now why be- would he think that because he knows there's because going to he be understands the media he used to be a part of no i think he's he trying to protect it. he's trying to protect his organization which is what he should why? do because why? i think it's fair like if people he knows that the moment this comes out to your point and <laughs> and hogwarts doesn't get a nomination everyone's going to be like oh Keely blacklisted this game. He said, no, no. you can't nominate. And that's probably not we'll the see. case, right? You we'll know? see what, what, what I was about to ask when you were talking, which you didn't interrupt. That's not mm. what I'm saying. But what I was wondering is how it, if, if it was a Keely thing to not even put it up for consideration. Cause I, I, I will admit, I don't necessarily know how these yeah. things are decided upon. Mm. I don't know if there's a two tier system where there's one phrase of phrase phase of voting where you decide who's considered and no. then there's a second phase. There's, I don't know how it goes, but I find it interesting that Keeley cared enough about the game awards to say, well, I had nothing to do with it. No, he has posts when it's he one hasn't of those things, made those types of things in the past. Well, he has put that out in the past, but it's like, you have to remind people. Cause I mean, to the credit here, John, like there's a bunch of people that will internet complain. They're lazy. That won't go look it up. Like, even though, I'm sure you could probably go on a site and he's got everything detailed as far as what their process is. Cause that's usually yeah. what you do. So it's like, Hey, we have 120 outlets. They all get one ballot. They put in what they yeah. want. We don't tell them what they have to, you know, like I think the only thing they do is kind of just say, Hey, these are the categories that we're putting these games in. Right. Like, you know, as far as like RPG versus to your point adventure and all mm-hmm. that, he probably makes that decision. I would imagine just for the sake of yeah. consolidation, but afterwards, I think it's then like, Hey, it goes right back yeah. out once they get their nominations. And again, it's those same 120 organizations. And then was it, I think it's like a 30% of the vote 
comes from the public vote, you know, as far as that factoring, it might that might be high. I don't know exactly. I know there's a percentage there, and of course, he also does the People's Choice Award, which is just always free. And I'm sure if there's an internet campaign to get Hogwarts Legacy to win People's Choice, he'll announce it, you know, and he won't hold it back, which is the right thing to do. <laughs> I hope that's I I hope that that accumulates, and I hope that mm. gets. I hope that gets shoved. Quite frankly, this is a little bit vindictive on my part, but I hope that gets shoved down the gaming media's throat. I really do. I, 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 I want the, I want the public to have their say here. Yeah. And, and look, people's choice could very well be Tears of the Kingdom or Baldur's Gate or whatever. Okay. <laughs> I, know, I know that. I hope but it's I Starfield. It, I just. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, Starfield could definitely be be it but be you know funny. good discussion i just think i, I just yeah, think yeah. there's i think there's something here sure um something smells bad and and i smell a rat and even you know even if a lot of people don't i just i just smell I just, a rat here i'm just now picturing like ryan mccaffrey up at the ign offices going yeah you know what we're gonna do we're gonna get that hogwarts legacy that's what we're gonna do what, I, no i I don't think hard. I don't. I don't think Ryan McCaffrey's that kind of guy. I know he's. I mean, not. he's That's never why. demonstrated to be. You know, but <laughs> I think Brian Altano is. Maybe he yeah, goes. Yeah, brap brap. Yeah, brap, no, brap, brap. No, brap, brap. No Hogwarts legacy there. Brap, brap, brap. And then he. Oh, goes I think on. he's totally that kind of guy. Yeah, maybe he's he's a he's a funny guy, but I think he's he's also that guy. So yeah. Uh, you know who is that guy in terms of sales though? John. theory uh and it's spider-man so oh. uh S sony has provided an update uh to the sales number of spider-man 2 the title has sold more than 5 million copies sold after just 11 days on sale according to a post from insomniac quote woo <laughs> i think rick flair posted this uh rick flair is now their pr spokesman for insomniac woo we're incredibly honored to announce Marvel Spider-Man 2 on PS5 has sold over 5 million copies. Thank you to our incredible community for supporting us and helping us reach this milestone. Chris, why is Spider-Man 2 your game of the year? It's probably going to be, it might have a shot at the top five, but I do love it. I mean, I think it's easily the best sequel to a superhero game i've ever played by far i mean i'll, I'll definitely give it that it's love yeah sorry arkham city i didn't yeah. love i don't love arkham city compared I don't to, love to, it either but to I just, arkham asylum yeah, that's right that's yeah. right you're a, you and i are arkham asylum guys yeah yeah um, that's my batman game um but you know and it's because it's like just so weird like in in especially now like arkham city looks so i don't know trifle because it's like we had to set up a gimmick to make it work for there being this open world city for a night you know yeah it's thing. like how do you how do you keep people yeah off the map exactly oh, let's make it let's let's pretend like we created a how do we city. yeah how do we explain all these villains are just out and about that you need to deal with whereas like to the credit of insomniac it's like no there's a plot right like there's an opening act and then there's other people who show up because of things going on and you have to deal with those things as they arise and then you move eventually on to the end game of the game which is completely different than the first two acts right so like props to them on that i think they deserve a lot of credits and you know i'm with you like that 
you know, while I think Naughty Dog's the A team at Sony, like I don't, I think like they're A one, right? In my opinion, and then like right after that would probably be Sony Santa Monica, mm-hmm. uh, you know. So like they they're killing it, and I want them to do great. So <laughs> I'm happy. Yeah, sure. Can't wait to play Wolverine whenever that comes out. <clears throat> I will say, uh, speaking of Santa Monica, um, this mm. I think this is in the same amount of time, not quite, or at least on par with what Ragnarok did. So it hasn't surpassed Ragnarok, but it's it's it, it's at least matching its performance. Yeah. Um. Well, you know, I don't I don't mean to go back and review Spider Man, but one of the things as I think about it, um, at least when I was reading comics, um as much as I love Venom because Venom was I, Venom was when I was a kid, I wanted to be Todd McFarlane hmm. and Todd McFarlane created Venom. I mean the character, at least the character Venom uh, or at least the concept of Venom. But one of the things I was, when I was a kid growing up, Craven, you know, Craven could have been so much more, but it's like he was being utilized as sort of a, kind of a stepping stone to get to the venom storyline and and you know i don't know i don't know if you remember if you were reading back then but craven did some serious work on spider-man yeah craven was one of the most like i mean he buried him alive i mean Mm -hmm. people i mean practically killed him Mm -hmm. and it's just you know, when you, when I, as I've thought about Craven, the character over the, you know, over the past couple of weeks, I'm like, man, that they could have done so much more. And I liked, I liked the character in the game. I thought it was, I thought it was a very menacing presence until Venom showed up, but hmm. or was that spoilers? <laughs> but, uh, you know, as I think about it, I'm like, man, Craven could have been his own, his, yeah. his own character. You could make a fair criticism that it would have been better to hold off Venom for his own game and just make craven the focus here and maybe bring something else in as far as the the setup guy the way that you know uh what you call it was in the first game um mr negative in a way because like i'm in reality well, when, though when, mr negative really is the main villain i would say actually now i'm thinking about of spider-man one and then you just have something that's added at the end that makes sense in context of why he isn't the main villain throughout the game and why, you know, he's not featured till the end, right? Because his is really a singular thing, whereas Mr. Venom is an operation to achieve a goal. Craven's yeah. thing is much more closer to that. And, and to your point, it probably would have been better to just leave it at that as opposed to Venom, because the moment you bring in Venom, it, you know, for Spider-Man fans, that's always going to be the focus, right? That's going to be. The yeah. Thing. I mean, yeah. Venom is kind of like Spider-Man's chief villain, but you know, when mm. I don't, you know, it's hard. I, I never remember kind of the generation of comics you grew up in, but when mm. I was a kid, it was, it was Sinister Six. I mean, that was, Correct. you know, that was, that was, that was the chief before Venom came along and they kind of did their Sinister Six storyline in the first one, yeah. which I really appreciated. So I just, you know, Craven is just, you know, if, if you're, if you're, more of a casual Spider-Man fan, Craven's not going to matter that much to you. But if you're a hardcore fan, you know what what serious work he did on Spider-Man. I mean, this guy was just diabolical mm-hmm. and just really got inside him, you know, in just a bad way. But yeah, you know, just uh, my appendices to Spider-Man too. Still loved it. <laughs> well, 
let's talk about some enhanced collective efficiency. I love enhancement. I love it. (laughs) Ubisoft has laid off 124 individuals in an effort to, quote, streamline our operations and enhance our collective efficiency. Per Ubisoft, those laid off come from the business administration services and IT teams. Quote, these are not decisions taken lightly, and we are providing comprehensive support for our colleagues who will be leaving Ubisoft during this transition. We also want to share our utmost gratitude and respect for their many contributions to the company. This restructuring does not affect our production teams. Uh, John, do you feel like they have enhanced their collective efficiency? (laughs) Yeah, the all the only people they fired were people like me, <laughs> right? <laughs> so, but yeah, that, that's that's never that's 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 always hard. Um, but you know, I think uh, the the one thing, the one bit of credit I can give to Ubisoft is at the beginning of the year, everybody was talking about Ubisoft. Yeah, and and now they've managed to sort of, you know, move past that, and I it it seems to me. Only because Bloomberg and and what's his face have not been really reporting on it consistently, that there's not much there there, so that Ubisoft is potentially really riding the ship. Um, you know, you know, hopefully that you know scaling back, you know, scaling back and doing a game like Mirage, <clears throat> which was you know DLC at at one point. Everybody knows that. Uh, but scaling back and making Mirage a smaller scale game for 49 probably was the perfect amount of perfect thing to do kind of to plug the leak maybe. Um, but you know, I, I know they've got some high hopes for, for avatar. So hopefully see, hopefully that does a lot towards maybe riding the financial ship that it's, I, I hate to say this, but my thinking is that this is kind of the beginning and next year will probably be a little bit harder and be the production side, which is, you know, a lot of these things have still been in development, right? Um, So my guess is right now you're doing this to your point as a stopgap, like, hey, we've got to cut back, but we don't want to shorten our teams yet, right? Mm-hmm. So let's just let go from the part where it, yeah, it will hurt us some degree where, you know, you know, Bob is going to have to do two people's jobs in accounting now. Right. And as opposed to Bob and Jim doing those jobs. Uh, <laughs> on the other hand, my guess is like as Pandora comes out and now that Mirage is out and in theory skull and Bo- or yeah, that's what it's called, right? Skull and Bones. That's a game. I think we're looking at March, maybe. Yeah. March my, or April. My thinking is like probably I wouldn't be surprised the end of the phys- physical year for them. That's when you start to see some teams where you're like, okay, their games are out. We can scale them back for a little while and, and you know, make some headway here. Because, I mean, it's just clear that they have a lot of overhead and a lot of expense. And while, yes, I know you have Star Wars Jedi Outlaws coming supposedly next year, and of course, eventually Assassin's Creed Red, there's probably another Far Cry game that's be that will be coming in the near future. It's yeah, still, yeah, they're they're probably announcing it next year. Yeah, from what I hear that sounds about right too. Um, 
but uh, <laughs> but you know uh i nice definitely one. think that being the case you know like there's gonna be trims you know and love a good and, trim yeah love a good trim and maybe someone will just be like they they cancel and therefore say oh they were displaced or whatever you know you see yeah. i don't know chris how you feel about this avatar game i have no concept yeah of the hype for it how it's gonna do yeah because I chris I don't, I, don't, do. I don't know if you agree i know you really like the avatar movies and i like them for fine sure too but there, somebody was talking about it on a podcast. I don't remember what I, what I was listening to, but they were pointing to the fact that it's not really the fact that these movies become the number one grossing movie of all time every time they come out is like is strange because there's because it's not really it doesn't really exist in the pop culture lexicon. You never see anybody dressing up for them for Halloween. You never. It's like this thing that that makes all this money when they release on, on in, in the theater, but nobody really talks about them and has conversations. Well, they're very about global. Them. That's why the way maybe so, but it's like the way, you know, matrix comes out, but everybody talks about the matrix. Everybody dresses up for Halloween, like the matrix. Everybody has pop culture references that they recognize from the matrix. But avatar is this weird thing. That's hard to predict the, the need for, or the want or the hype for what a video game is going to do. Yeah. So that, I'm, I'm just curious if Ubisoft is nervous about this property because of, I mean, I don't know if you see it that way, but it's avatar has always seemed weird to me as a movie that makes billions and billions of dollars, but doesn't really exist in a pop culture reference. I don't know. Um, pop culture wise, I think it does, like the original definitely does because when that came out, I mean, that was the only thing I ever hear people talk about is the fact that it's watching Fern Gully. <laughs> that's I mean, it. but like, like you go back to when that came out, like that was a cultural, like that's probably the only time 3d movies had a shot in this industry, but that's, was but that's all I know. But, yeah. but what, what's the famous quote from avatar? Hmm? I will fly what? with you. I mean, really? Do you think, I mean, when you say that to some nerd at Comic Con, are they going to go Avatar? Eh. That's what you I don't say. think that I don't think that's a thing. Jake Sully. <laughs> There's just so many yeah. good lines in that, but uh, I mean, no, I love that first movie. That first movie, I mean, look, say what you will, James Cameron, that dude understands action and he knows how to. Frame sure, he it. does. Yeah, oh yeah. But uh, to your point, I think Ubisoft wished this game was coming out last December. I definitely agree with that, that they could have attached it with the movie and they're probably worried that they're going to get left high and dry. But I mean, on the other hand, the promising thing is that it seems like massive's done a good job of adapting the world. And is that the developer? Yeah. It's massive. who's making it. Yeah. I mean like, you know, and then on the flip side, it seems like, you know, they've kind of taken that far cry skin here and made it work. Like, for the most part people came away positive from what i was reading on these previews so yeah i I mean like is it something where i'm like oh man that's what i've always dreamed of no but i've also felt looking at compared to some other movies out there right like Mm -hmm. one because we don't have a ton of expectations like say like the avengers i think it's easier to adapt like because you only know something you know and then two it is this real world like that because James Cameron is so hardcore about this stuff, they have a lot to build into like where they can give you these experiences. And you're like thinking, you know, from a gaming standpoint, 
that could be cool if they pulled off. Like the whole entire idea of having a sequence in this game, I don't know if this is in there or if it's just going to be a cutscene, but there's like a sequence where I'm doing that thing where I'm climbing those floating mountains to go get my bird or where those things, those dragons that they ride. And I have to go through the process of like bonding with it. And as I f do a free fall in a game, if they can pull that, that off. If, yeah. If they can make that cons, <laughs> if they can make you feel like that's actually happening. Yeah. That that's gold. Yes. That's gold. So yeah, because, I because I don't know if you've been, I don't, that's the concept of the avatar ride at Disney. That's mm. it's, it's that it, you have to, you are pair, you are, you are, you are making that connection with that animal and then you're flying with that animal. <laughs> if they could do that. That's going to be something very special. And then you, if by the end of the game, you come to rock Moktau. <laughs> See, <laughs> I have watched avatar, John, yes. uh, but let's get to the final news here. First, let me say this. Finally, this week. I think this is you, John. Because it's your favorite thing. Oh, game. yeah. That's right. Okay. <laughs> My favorite thing. Grand Theft Auto. Uh, Rock, uh, Rockstar Games didn't fully reveal its new game in the beloved series. Instead, Rockstar thanked its fans for 25, geez, 25 years of support and revealed it would share the full GTA 6, even though that says five, <laughs> trailer to celebrate that, an, uh, that anniversary in December of 2023. Quote, we are very excited to let you know that in early December, we will release the first trailer for the next Grand Theft Auto. We look forward to many more years of sharing these experiences with all of you. End quote. Chris, mm. is the performance of Grand Theft Auto V and how many gajillion copies <laughs> that thing sold, is that obviously we expect Grand Theft Auto 6 to do well, but do you think that was a moment in time for the series that it uh, won't replicate? I don't now, know. Maybe Red, De Red Dead Redemption 2 numbers. Yeah. yeah, absolutely, all day long. But mm -hmm. you think another GTA can can reach that level again? Uh, I mean, in terms of hype, yes, because GTA, I think, just lives at that hype level. You know, like, people love Rockstar. Uh, and hookers. <laughs> right? So, you know, I think I, I'm not really worried about that part of it. Um I am interested. There's a there's been a great meme this year because you know um, what you call it. Succession ended, and there's been a meme throughout of people putting it this part to it where uh, Ken, who's the elder brother, is begging his two younger siblings to give him control. He's just like, I just think if you don't let me do this, it's it's going to destroy me. <laughs> and uh, Someone said, like, that's Jeff Keighley talking to Rockstar this week. Like, if you don't let me debut this trailer at the Game Awards, it's just going to be the worst thing ever. But I suspect it's not going to be at that, you know, because I think I messaged you. I was like, Rockstar is going to put out, like, a 30-second trailer that just shows some cars, people walking on a beach, and, uh, you know, maybe, like, one or two people saying a line, and it will get a hundred million views in a day, you know, cause that's the just internet broke today. Yeah. I mean, that's just how it is, uh, with, with rockstar games. So I can't wait to see, but you know, at the same time, it's like, I, I don't feel like they have to sell me on anything. I know that 
they've earned my trust to say, hey, I'll go in and see it. It ends up being a dump dumpster fire when it comes out, then you know, I'll say that too, but I'm gonna give well, them my money. So <laughs> as someone who's never played them and I never will, mm. uh Mm. And it's 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 simply because it's not it's not a it's not a panor, it's not a power fantasy I desire in a video game. It's not the point. But <laughs> yeah, apparently it's not. But yeah. I remember Chris when I first moved in with you, mm-hmm. you were playing GTA Four. Yeah, which which Nickel. was <laughs> which was which was accolades upon accolades upon accolades. Sure. And what blows my mind about GTA Five is why did one do very well? Don't get me wrong, mm-hmm. but then and just did what a thousand, two thousand percent better of what was maybe a six, what was maybe a six to eight million copy bestseller to a hundred and eighty million copies. Mm-hmm. I I've, I I want somebody to write a book on how that happened. I like think what what happened that catapulted that franchise out of the blue in my mind. Mm. Like what what did it do to all I, of a sudden make that happen? It just it's one of the mysteries of of fascinating mysteries of the video game world that's I've never had someone really explain to me. I think it was mainly that GTA Four kind of walked so that GTA Five could run. Because GTA 4 was when GTA Online first showed up in its first iteration. And it was mm-hmm. a cool idea, but it was held back, one, by the technology. And two, just, like, they they were very limited in their scope as far as, like, what you could do. it. So it was, like, it was something fun to get into for a couple of days. Mm-hmm. But, like, when GTA 5 came out, first you got this 30-day period of going through their open world, which just, there was for their sandbox like there was just nothing like it you just you know it, i love gta 4 but it, you know it's primarily just new york city in the in the surrounding boroughs basically or liberty city in the surrounding boroughs but then like you get to gta 5 and it's like no 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 no. You, we got los angeles here that's its whole huge section and then there's this desert region and then this mountainous california type wildlife thing going and you could spend 40 minutes driving around the whole map and see all these different ecosystems going on. So you go and you explore this for 30 days, right? The I think one of their better stories, honestly, between the three characters. Uh, and then all of a sudden you pivot, and then, then you go, okay, now GTA Online's live. And it's like all that stuff just got put in, but now it's your own character doing your own stories, doing your own activities, and people just said yes i want this and i want more and more and more in this and then it just kind of grew from there because they've got a great support system for them do you think there's anything to the fact that it was like um at the it released at the very end of 360 playstation 3 life cycle and for they sure. were like hey let's put it on the new one and then yeah. Definitely the they, option they put it up they put it on Series X and PlayStation. Yeah, and, and put it on PC. So yeah, it's like they kept upping it every single time they would re-release it, right? Because it was like you got the new console version, but then you had the PC version after that, and PC was way better than the new version. And then now you've got, you know, finally the the current gen one that's kind of on par with PC's version of it. So mm-hmm. it's it's been amazing. But uh now that uh you know Sean's back. I think John, we can wrap finally, it up. Yeah, probably wrap this up. Um, 
What up, what up, what up? Sorry about that, but oh, no. I was like, there's no way they're still going. And they're still going. Oh, we made sure to have a huge like debate. So. Let's wrap it up, though. Electronic mail from the future. Email. That's it. Just so, ladies and gentlemen, this is the part of the show where I have to remember what we're doing because (laughs) I forgot to say never when he said wrap it up, and I'm new to the show. Uh, but no, if you want to write in, our official inbox is weeklygameschat at gmail.com. Just like Alejandro did. He's following up from last week. Tiled this one post-production. It says, gentlemen, last week Sean declared that I hit the nail on the head comparing the game's pre-production to foreplay. Chris asked, though, but what about post-production? Well, let's just cut uh, That's That's so we're called that cuddling. Oof. Depleting <laughs> years, Alejandro. Huh? And this is uh, sent from the other side of a wet spot. What does that mean? Huh? Let's see when you <laughs> are done. Oh, there's yeah. a lot of dampness. What? <laughs> uh, this was. Huh? It's fine. Everything's it's fine. fine. Yes, uh, <laughs> we can just cuddle, Alejandro. That's fine. Yeah, like uh, Acid Sugar in chat says, pillow talk. Hashtag pillow talk. Pillow yeah. talk. Hey, man. I'm just pillow talking. Oh, that's not oh, okay. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, uh, someone want to read the two ones from Adam? Do I'll do it. Okay, okay, go ahead. No, I Y'all been talking. I was just going to give you a break, but I think you should read all the emails. No, there's no way. I'm going to read that from the top. You know, like sometimes when you show up late to a meeting, you extra open your notebook, like your laptop, and get your notepad out. You you're extracting questions. You got to catch up. You know that feeling I'm talking about when you walk into a meeting late. That's how I feel right now. Uh, But I will. I will read. Holy crap, that's big. Uh, Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Uh, This is from Adam. It says just a hello as the title. This is hey. absolutely this is great. This is I like this a lot. Um I've been I've become a fan of your podcast over the last two months. Love hearing you guys for almost three hours of content all about gaming and all and get excited when I see that notification of a new episode. Game of the year this year is a good one, but I think BG3, which is Baldur's Gate 3, will be the clear winner all round. That's mm. it from Adam. Adam, Adam first don't off, don't ever email us again. <laughs> <laughs> welcome to the community that is clearly inviting. We appreciate you so much. And, and to all the other listeners, it took him only two months to write in. He has now set a standard. What are you doing, yeah, other listeners? <laughs> and he writes so big. Oh. The next one is not big. The next one, the uh, little blue pill went away. And it's just normal again. This one's called Stealth Games, and it says hi all. So that's us and everybody. Hey, 
I've been playing the Metal Gear Master Collection. Hmm. I only played the series for the first time last year on the old PS3. Do you have any favorite stealth games where stealth actually does matter, like Metal Gear? And do you have a favorite Metal Gear game? Very challenging to try to and plat these games with lots of having to reset the game to get a big boss ranking. That's sent from Adam. So I'll let you guys answer that. Do you uh, have any favorite stealth games? Chris, I think I know where you're going. So do you want to pop Splayer Cell? It's a, a Splayer Cell. We need a new Splayer Cell game. I would yeah. like a new Chaos Theory remake. Thank you. Splayer Cell is really good. <laughs> John, do you have a favorite stealth game? You can you answer that for me? I don't know. Uh, my mind is frazzled right now. I Dis- dishonored. dishonored. Yeah. Oh yeah, the one that Mike's gonna platinum that you. Pl- he is not that gonna was, platinum. First of all, this was a lead in. I has almost got you because Mike said today mm-hmm. that there was a was it today there was a debate that you had platinum the one of the dishonored so he couldn't platinum before you. So now he says he's going to platinum all the ones you didn't do. <laughs> well, I hold on. I am where of uh, Dishonored Two. I'm like seventy eight percent for Dishonored Two. Very good start, Mike. So I got uh, Mike. Is that right? Who cares? Technically, for me, I think uh, my favorite stealth series is Hitman, and I don't know which Hitman. I consider my favorite stealth game. Is that fair? Do you consider? No, yeah, Hitman's a great one too, dude. Why? I, got, why I haven't given those a try? I don't know. Especially there's a nostalgic Game Pass with, and where plus I'm something like 2000 and does this does this year add up right? Oh one oh two Hitman mm-hmm. probably. Yeah, man. The the feeling of like having to go in and and do it do it right. <coughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, there and there, there were more that came after that uh yeah for for sure um the email goes on to say uh do you have a favorite metal gear, gear game metal gear metal, metal gear that is such a hard <laughs> did i go do drugs when i left what happened probably other metal gear probably metal, metal mama can i play some metal gear <laughs> what was the one uh probably our three or five for me Three or five? Yeah, for solid at least. Not like the original Metal Gears, but. <clears throat> hmm. I would probably say Sons of Liberty for me. Okay. Hmm. So that's Metal Gear Solid 2. I think that one's my favorite for sure. Uh, again, was Sons of, was that one on? Yeah, PlayStation 2. There it is. Mm-hmm. That cover, that if you if you haven't seen that cover in a while, that is just one of the most BA covers to a video game for me ever. I just, I think it's dope. People so, upset yeah. back in the day or these days playing as uh, Ellie and Abby. Oh, oh man. Remember when you had to play as Raiden? Remember when yeah, that I was, gonna, was a that thing? That one actually, that was a good Metal Gear, to be oh, yeah. honest. It really, it was dope. Uh, what was, I'm losing my train of thought. I got so much on my mind. I'm so proud of Tinley. But uh, in chat, Acid Sugar says Siphon Filter. That's a good series that I kind of wish yeah. they would bring back. Uh, and then he also that's it's rumored to be coming back at some point. Yeah, yeah, that would be pretty dope. Um, he also says Hitman games are fun, stealth or non-stealth. To go back to that, and then uh, <laughs> I'm going to read this because of what he says. Metal Gear Solid Two is my favorite. Good old Naked Raiden. 
Yeah. That that's why this game I think is is amazing. I really do. Which something in my head that's stopping me from actually completing sentences right now. Which Metal Gear was it the first one that had two or three discs you had to put in, or did two also have two or three discs? I, I, I'm trying to say that I miss old school games that like you have to put multiple yeah, discs in. I know Metal Gear was definitely solid, was definitely two disc. And two might have been as well. Now it seems like to I, I was thinking of Cyberpunk. I really need to stop thinking about so much stuff at once. My head's only so big. Um, Cyberpunk, I thought brought back the uh, the two discs, but isn't one of those just an install disc? Yeah, I think and the so. other ones to play. Yeah, that's what we get now. Old school, like if you're young and you never got the old school video game that came with like more than one disc. Oh, that was good times when the game would be like, now you have to insert the new disc. So there you go. Uh, Adam, great emails. Once again, welcome to the family. And I'll let the boys pick up from here. Why don't you go with the next one, John? Happy to. Oh, (laughs) okay. All right. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. This comes from Tucker. Hey, guys. Hey. Hey. Been a while. Been a while. Very rare. A lot of crazy stuff has happened since I last wrote. But to sum up, I graduated from high school, got a job at my local GameStop, wow. and have been living it up. Nice. Congrats on all the things. I'm planning on getting my first personal console very soon, so I'll make sure to keep you guys posted on that. Please do. A lot of great games have come out since I was Thanos, but that's actually not the number one reason I'm writing in. The public has been going nuts over all the great movies and stuff out there. FNAF. What's that? Uh, I am old trying. man chat what's that mean fna no. fnaf looks real interesting to me fnaf five nights at freddy's five uh, nights at freddy's looks real interesting to me i love the cuss word out star <laughs> i love the cuss word out course. star wars rebel season five but the two things i remember when i think of great media that came out this year is it barbenheimer but for it should me be. it's <laughs> Kimetsu no Yaiba, Yaiba, season three. Mike Thorne, that's for you. Yeah. Uh, and of course, Loki season two. The finale was absolutely amazeballs and ended up and ended in a way I did not expect. I love the whole sequence of Loki. Oh, whoa, oh, whoa, 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 whoa. Spoilers, whoa. spoilers. Let's, let's, uh, let's skip that next part All right. there. Uh, last. But it got me thinking. How will this, speaking of which, did you guys see the Marvels? I yes. have not. Charlie you saw not. the Marvels? I saw yeah. it opening day at three o'clock. Cool. Because I'm a got, Marvel fan. Yeah. <laughs> but it got me thinking, how will this impact what I now call the MCM? Will this have any impact on any future Marvel games? Did local, did Loki gok gok? <clears throat> Should I read that? I don't know. Oh, that's funny. I mean, did Loki got Gok Amit and had alligator Loki in another universe? So many questions. I'd love to hear what you guys think. And also what the other listeners have to say about the whole thing. Missed you all. And I'll catch you guys next week on the flippity flop. Mischievously yours, Tucker. I have not watched Loki season two. I've not watched the Marvels. I am not, um, I'm not passionate about it anymore. John. Uh, so I, I don't know. John. Just, yeah. You forgot to say that this was sent hastily from his temporal aura extractor while desperately trying to get avoid, uh, trying to avoid getting spaghetti. 
I didn't. I didn't. Only people who watched Loki know what that means. I didn't forget. I simply didn't scroll down. Oh, there you go. So, so I apologize. I apologize, Tucker. Uh, I thought Loki, I think Sean said his stuff on Loki last week. I thought Loki, as far as I'm with him on that finale, was great. Um, there's things with the season that I was kind of up and down on, but for the most part, I enjoyed the ride, you know, and I definitely liked the way it wrapped up. Never. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I still think it's pretty, pretty cool. I really do. Uh, I couldn't believe I. I couldn't believe what I was seeing on screen for that finale. It was amazing. Uh, it was so nice. yeah, there's yeah. that. And John's had enough. He's walked away. He's had enough. He's had enough of this. Do I have to read that one at the top or? You don't, I mean, you don't have to. That was just in case. So oh, okay. You don't have okay. To. That, so we could just yeah. go and delete that. Okay. Got it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> finally, we got a Panda Claus wrote in, Sean. He called this Jeff Keeley's gawk gawk. Uh, yeah, that's not the, yeah. Uh, and he says, hello, WGC crew. Hello, hey. WGC. <laughs> hello. <laughs> hello, <laughs> mate. Huge thank you for the, uh, thank you boys for the quality content you put out each and every week. I'm sure it takes a lot of time and effort, so please keep up the greatest gaming podcast ever. You didn't, I, you didn't read that right. Ever. No, the greatest gaming oh, podcast sorry. ever the see, chris when people when they make one word like all caps and then some I, of the other words look, not you really need to hammer in the all cap words i have a problem saying the with emphasis because that's like two seconds away from either ohio state or you you yeah you know and i <laughs> don't like either of those schools my question for this week is some game score should game scores affect game of the year uh, Alan Wake, Mezcore is an 87, user is 8.8. Tears of the Kingdom is a 9.6 with a user score of 8.3. Baldur's Gate 3, Mezcore is a 96 with a user score of 8.9. Spider-Man 2 is 90 with user at 9.1. Resident Evil 4 is a 93 with user 7.9. And Super Mario's Wonder, Mezcore is 92 with a user at 9.1. Uh, there's clearly a lot of favoritism in the uh, gaming industry. Can an, can an 8 out of 10 be game of the year with so many other higher game scored games? Just curious to know what y'all think. Truly yours, Panda Claus, sent from the Daily Bugle. Like he's trying to say he might be a fan of the Spider-Mans, uh, Sean. Uh, you know, that's, Maybe. That's, that's uh, where I, he I works. I think John has said this very eloquently before where it's like, personally... Yeah, it's it's okay if if for some reason you'd like an eighty the most because you you like something about it so much that you ignore all the faults to it. I uh, give tens I, out like candy. <laughs> <laughs> that needs to be on a shirt. Um, but do you guys agree? Like when it comes to game awards, though, they generally those kind of games don't get passes that you do have to hit yeah. high marks from from reviews I mean, from users and everything. Yeah, I mean, I think like you just think of this year right like even though it was easily probably the most hyped game of the year starfield didn't get nominated for game of the year and i don't think it will get a ton of nominations for game of the year and it's because there are a bunch of people that had issues now i am sure i could go through the list of people that have played starfield and i'll find some people that say that is their game of the year that's fine 
that's a personal opinion. But when you're talking about something like this, where it's a collective, you know, it's kind of hard for something that's like an eight out of 10 on average or an eight eighty two or an 83 to suddenly vault up and be as high. Right. You know, that's, that's kind of, there's a reason why you're aggregating these. You're trying to see what the general consensus is and it's, you know, not necessarily easy to say that an 83 consensus wise is game of the year versus something that's a 96 or an 89 or a 90. Like there's kind of a threshold. It feels like I think 88 or higher seems like generally what it is, is kind of what's required to get in that conversation. My, my understanding is if, if, if IGN collectively agreed that an eight, Mm -hmm. if they voted for it game of the year, I don't, I don't know that the eight was a restrictor. No, but it could be that it it could be that the what they consider is nines and above. I, I but I always thought that most most websites are like, if you vote for it, it's game of the year. If you get enough votes, it's game of the year. Yeah. So, well, and that's the Modern thing. Modern like, Warfare like, Three technically could be could be a game of the year. <laughs> well, one one, I don't want to say this to get controversy going. Oh, we we knew this was going to happen. Done, we've already done that this year. <laughs> we know we knew this was going to happen. Hogwarts Legacy is yeah, they're staying as far away went. from that as they can. We no, we went. haven't talked about this yet. <laughs> IGN gave it a nine, right? Yeah. People that play it love it. Some of them don't like certain sandbox aspects of whatever, whatever. But games like that with high scores, if something else gets tied into it from a narrative of social media or bad press or whatever, they get omitted. So. I don't think it comes down to just user or scores that get mm-hmm. games of the year into that final list. It's kind of like, and I hate to use this analogy because it seems like all I do is bring sports analogies in. But like if a if a team in a sport has a long season and avoids injury and gets a lot of good luck along the way, <laughs> something magical can happen for their season. I almost feel like a video game once it's released, that kind of thing also has to happen. A good launch you know no no bugs that just crash the game no crazy author that created a universe that's something uh transphobic on a tweet like everything has to be perfect so i think there's a lot that kind of goes into that that equation a a lot of times do you guys agree on that sure (laughs) sure sean you're right well, no, no, no. So the thing you don't know is that there was already a very lengthy discussion over the snub as far as uh, Hogwarts. For, yeah. For game uh, for the game awards, not getting nominated for anything. Well, you, know, I, you can listen to the episode. John said, yeah. Yeah. That's that true. Yours is a little bit. Different. Yeah. So, so don't, don't do that. Okay. I'm going to listen to the episode. I didn't know. It's it's not it's Sean, not you. Do you think it's it was us. Snubbed? Yeah, I think it should have been nominated for something. Hmm. The game's legit. Hmm. Oh, my, my bad. It don't have Quidditch. Let's not put it in the Game Awards. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's an incomplete game. <laughs> it's an incomplete game. Right. I don't know. We'll see. I mean, it, it's all these kind of things. I just always go like it's impossible to to please everyone. So. There's probably well, someone hey, up. Look, there's someone upset that Final Fantasy 16 is not nominated for Game of the Year. And yeah, I that can't, game's I amazing. Can't, and I can't say that oh. they're wrong. <laughs> speaking of speaking of Final Fantasy uh, 16, Sean, yeah, trade you Spider-Man two for Final Fantasy 16. Okay. Ooh. Cool. 
Yeah. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Okay. That just so happened. I'm so I just I can't stand up right now. I'm so hot for you. <laughs> That's what's up. <clears throat> so what do we do from here? <laughs> <laughs> what's what's next? What is a podcast? <laughs> what is this? Like, ladies and gentlemen, we also have a, a presence on Twitter, also called X these days. Uh, we got a new follower that we're going to welcome to the family. Uh, at XT, at, I think that's at XTwit, oh. and then a bunch of numbers, 327, 323. Thank you for the follow, following you back. We Boys, this week, we don't have any new verified followers because, you know, that's how that is now. Yeah. Uh, but thank you for the follow. Uh, like I just said, we follow you back. And to anybody that wants to follow us to see the, you know, the stuff we put out there, like our Discord invite being pinned, you can see it. And speaking of Discord, uh, let me go see if we got any emails that came in because sometimes we do. I don't see any right now. Slackers, which is probably great because this is like an eight-hour podcast at this point. Coming up on um, two and a half. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's. I don't see... Oh. <laughs> we just got one in uh, from Old Man Draven and it simply says, nerd. <clears throat> and he's still typing. So, look, gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> got him! <laughs> <laughs> uh boys great job reading the news and and carrying on the show while i was gone uh is there anything else we want to add to this fine program today or are we um how are we feeling we're feeling good if me Everything and john is, if me and john debate a topic we can cover you having to step away as long as needed which That's which topic just so i can be excited to hear it did y'all debate Oh, the Game Awards, like with Hogwarts Legacy and all that. That was that was the thing. Yeah, yeah. Oh so. my goodness, <laughs> I was we kept like, it well, very, very friendly. I mean, oh yeah, no... yeah, that's fine. I don't yeah. trust you guys right now. It was kind of like we would just casually go, like, "Well, that's a point you could make, but you're a hey, dumb, fair point, idiot." <laughs> <laughs> but we say that's it in a very sweet you, way. That's a point you can make, but your mom. <laughs> It was like a so our friend of the show, Jeff, like he always had this idea who? for, um, yeah, exactly. I don't know. Uh, this guy. He's your friend a, of the show. I hate that guy. He had this idea for me and uh, another friend of ours, Gary, doing a debate show where it would just be called, that's an interesting point, but you're wrong. And he would just go back and forth and we'd each make a point. And that's kind of what it usually is with me and John too. You could easily. Are you talking about, are you talking about uh rucksack Gary? Yes. Does he listen to this show? No, he doesn't. Oh, I was going to give him a shout out. <laughs> Guess I'm not going to do that now. Uh, but if we're good, ladies and gentlemen, this has been episode 425 of Weekly Game Chat. Just a reminder, wherever you download our show, first of all, we appreciate it. Uh, if you also could leave us a review, that would be great. Four or five stars. We'll get more folks like yourself joining the community. Speaking of the community, uh, you can watch this live recording of this hot mess express every tuesday at around 5 30 twitch.tv just search for weekly games chat weekly games chat at gmail.com is our official inbox we'd love to hear from you um and right towards the end of the show just a minute ago we mentioned our discord and twitter at weekly games chat there and then of course we welcome you to the discord to my friends thank you for carrying the show once again i love both of you john game on chris game on game on sean game on john Game on, Sean. Game on, Chris. Peace out, everybody. Your mom's box. Your mom's... What? Tug life. <laughs>